0: Whatever's on your mind, via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard, And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. At any moment tonight, Mark may have to excuse himself. Yeah, I'm gonna have to
1: evacuate. Uh, the wife's the wife's having contractions, but that's how important <laughs> Free Talk Live is to me. I'm here while my wife's at home having contractions. You know, it is pretty amazing. Her her mom's with it though, right? Right. You know, it's nothing like that you see on the 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 movies or anything like that. I, I don't see any sweat pouring from her brow. There's no there's no uniform breathing.
0: <laughs> None of that.
1: She was doing a Sudoku puzzle when I left the house. <laughs> I, mm. You know, she'll call me when uh, it's time to go to the uh, the birthing center. So
0: it's not serious yet, then. Basically. I, I
2: guess.
1: I mean,
0: I mean I don't know anything about the baby thing, so and You're I do. <laughs> in, <laughs> this room,
2: in, in this expert. room I'm the expert. Yes, you are <laughs> Doctor, the expert.
0: Dr. Mark, we are Medicine Woman. You know?
1: In big trouble. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just so uh, listeners know, if you disappear, then that is going to explain why. Uh let's start things out with a story that is funny, sort of, but also kind of serious. At least the topic is serious, but the way The topic is serious, but funny. Well, let me just get into it, and you can make your own decision. This is from Victorville, Daily Press, Press VVDailyPress.com. With candy sales banned on school campuses, sugar pushers are the latest trend at local schools. Backpacks are filled with Snickers and Twinkies for all sweet tooths willing to pay the price. It's created a little underground economy with businessmen selling everything from a pack of Skittles to an energy drink, said Jim Nason, the principal at Hook Junior High School in Victorville. It's become a lucrative business, he said, and those kids are walking around campus with upwards of $40 in their pockets and disrupting class in order to make a sale. Schools have been individually banning junk food sales for years, and enforcement was increased in 2005 when California Governor Schwarzenegger passed legislation to combat childhood obesity, according to the office of the governor. Since then, schools have slowly adjusted by offering more healthy alternatives, such as baked chips and granola bars. But Nason said, <laughs> said he sees just as much candy and soda as ever because students still bring it in from home for lunch and to turn a profit. One of the teachers said, I think the original purpose was pretty good, but it doesn't seem to be making that big of a difference. Teachers are instructed to you, confiscate you candy. Do you think that uh,
1: about as many people smoke marijuana now, since they passed the law here in the United States, as, as far as a go. percentage. Nice um, little look, allegory to the it, drug war. It huh? doesn't really make a difference, whether it's legal market. or legal, illegal. This is That's great. what the numbers show. In this case, uh, I wonder what the punishments are for uh, p- for pushing the sugar.
0: Well, confiscation. If uh, kids have it in class, teachers have been instructed to take it from them. Uh, literally, taking candy from children. Mason <laughs> uh, <laughs> said, and that. the punishment for making sales can be detention. But confiscating candy. In fact, we did see. and I don't think this is the same school district, but there was a story a couple of weeks ago about a, a eighth grader.
2: Yeah,
3: a little who, boy. Yeah, who yeah. was suspended for selling candy on campus. Yeah, that was down in Connecticut. I think it. he was. He was president of their class. You're right, he was vice president. That's right. Yeah, he was right. buying, he was buying
0: right. it. We don't know what happened to the
3: seller. And, and Maybe they really
0: know, <laughs> threw the book at him. The, the 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 the
1: buying of it's the funniest part of it because I mean, how would in this in his case, how would you even know that it's against the rules
0: to buy a candy? <laughs> Ignorance of the law, Mark. Yeah, I know. Uh, Confiscating candy all the time can be challenging, said one of the teachers, especially around the holidays when students bring more of it to school. Daryl Bell, principal at a middle school in the area, said he also sees an increase in candy around the holidays, but that for the most part students steer clear of sodas and buy juice and water from the vending machines. A few candy sellers are caught each year there, said Bell, but he doesn't see it as a problem on campus. Since Hook High School moved away from uh, junk foods years ago, he said he's not seen a change in student health. It says, I think they get a good nutritional lunch here, but looking at our kids and looking at physical education scores, I don't see how it's been a highly effective program. No, I, don't I don't see how, being honest. I, I don't see how it would be either. Um, you know,
1: it's it, it's just ludicrous. And uh, you know, what they could do is they could turn their teachers into sugar sugar Nazis. Yeah. You know, yeah. they could uh, they, they could track the students. They could ask them questions about at home. To your parents feed you mm-hmm. brownies at home. I mean, uh, what 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 was your last meal like? Do uh, you have F, uh, snacks between meals? You know, they could they could be asking these questions and then having the teachers stomp around and, and do this kind of thing just like our police do. Wow. Now, hey. instead of concentrating on what's important, like the rapes and the murders and the bank robberies mm-hmm. in our town, the cops are out, well, Busting college kids for drinking under underage and uh, people smoking joints. Instead of concentrating it's on ridiculous.
0: education, they can focus on shaking the kids down as they come into class, see if they have any candy on and them. It's,
1: it's, a, it's a valuable lesson for, for society. They, they, you know, I mean, that's what's going to happen in real life. Why not get them started in high school?
3: And you know what's amazing is just this sort of thing, it's it's such a great parallel, what you bring up, Mark, to the, to the drug war. Exactly. And getting that law or that rule changed in the school will be very difficult because they'll say, well, what kind of... Sign. What kind of message are we giving the kids yeah. if we allow the candy in? And and it's this sort of blockheaded mentality. They're expending all this energy picking up the candy from the kids, trying to figure out whether they're going to give them detention. Commenting on it when it, when it comes up like this. And police, you know, we had a great example of it here in the state. They're going to lower the marijuana penalties as a, a, a bill passes our house. And the governor, the very next day, uh, governor of Governor New Hampshire comes Fout out to veto. Yes, I'm, I swear I'm going to veto this. These people can't distinguish. They're they're so up on the concept, this this euphemism of law and order, that they don't understand that we make our own order without law. Well said, sir. 800-259-9231 is. is the SACL cai
0: toll-free. Night. And that's why I brought this up. Yeah. Because when you look at the story, it's kind of written in this, oh, isn't that funny sort of uh, form. Sure, it's it's form. not funny when you're sitting in detention because you b- bought a pack of Skittles. I don't think yeah. people realize how...
1: You know, I'd get in trouble when it came to brownies. I, there's nothing, there's nothing <laughs> I like more than a you good homemade brownie. You better not be in our house my sister just made some. Cookies, but, baked, baked goods in general. I've got a weakness for baked
3: goods. You look at this thing, and it is so, it's so allegorical to the entire drug war. Since they started the drug war in the 70s, the percentage of people who, who use hard drugs has... Barely changed at all. It's yeah, true. And and they expend all this energy. Our governor is ready to continue expending police energy and government resources, which are our resources, our resources, on continuing to arrest people for having a plant in their pocket. I mean, what is the deal? It, they can't even imagine. I can't imagine that they can't understand how totally ludicrous it is. And it's just as silly as that.
0: Yeah, of course, you have to wonder. I mean, it, like you say, it, they're probably not going to go back in the other direction because it might send the wrong message. Mm-hmm. So that either means they stay where they are, where they know the candy sellers are on campus, and they can't have that, can they? What are the
3: odds they're just going to stay where they are, the, the status quo, leave it as is, versus really crack down on the candy sellers? Starting to inspect packages when they come in for lunch, you know, random, random package inspection. It's, uh, it's dog...
1: important for our kids' health that we go through these packages and make sure that kids... Aren't bringing uh, yeah. snacks in schools, and you know, in order to stop them from doing it, we're going to have to give them more detention, more severe detention. Pretty soon, they're going to be
0: lopping their little fingers off. Well, we're going to need informers. Dogs. We're going to need informers too. So they, well, they already have, a... have those in the form of hall monitors. Well, or right, snitches. But, but but you've got to give an incentive. So you could give a kid like you know a buck. If they inform on somebody, give them a little uh, monetary incentive to Extra snitch out credit. their friends with the candy. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So I mean, these are all these are all tactics they've used in the war on drugs <laughs> that they could very easily start using here. And in fact, it actually is probably a really good idea from a totalitarian standpoint. Yes. Uh, from from the standpoint of we need to control these little people and you know mold them and sculpt them into good little citizens, obedient state worshiping uh, authority. You know, obedient to authority. Citizens, it'll be great to actually have this kind of candy war on candy at the uh, the middle school level mm. or the elementary slash middle school level. That way, when they come around to the war on drugs that they'll encounter in high school, where the dogs are sniffing out their cars and they're, they're bringing the, the the SWAT team on campus and you know all of the things we've seen them do in high school. Well, if they're used to that with the the candy war, then it won't be a big deal. Be so, oh well, yeah, we're used hey, to this.
3: Hey, and you know, Ian, I should I should mention that George Bush just about uh, nine days ago or ten days ago proposed random drug tests for kids in schools. Of course, we they, can't. No child left untested. Uh, it's yeah. It's, owns it's, it's the amazing. schools or the kids, both of them. Mm. It's, it's, don't it's, they? It's unbelievable, and you know you know what's amazing is you could draw this out to such to the nth degree because it's just so silly it 's so ridiculous, uh, but I think you're right, it gets these kids their minds attuned to this, but one nice thing is the black market there it is all you have to do is is ban something and it it creates.
0: The black market is amazing.
3: You're never going to stop one certain percentage of the populace from being inventive and skirting stupid laws. They're willing to take that risk because, as they were saying, if you've got
0: 40 bucks in your pocket and you're in 7th grade or 6th grade, you're doing all right for yourself. And that's not too shabby. More on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can Whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle cai toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features free. Enjoy those, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you. Uh, you can get them online, freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is better known as Porkfest, June 9th through the 15th. At Porkfest, you'll learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference. And see firsthand why New Hampshire is one of the country's best places to live. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com, that's P O R C. Fest. dot com eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We go to your phone calls. You bring up whatever you want. It's Jamie in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Jamie told you so. The New Jamie,
4: Hampshire. Hello. It
0: is Jamie told you so. What's happening?
4: Oh, nothing. Did you hear my impression of Larry King? Uh,
0: no, I don't think I have. No, why? Why don't you do that for us?
4: New Hampshire. Hello. <laughs>
0: Please tell me what you what had something better than that
4: to <laughs> call in with tonight. I'll my best. Uh, i like to uh, comment on uh, what I heard on the Amish show a couple of days ago.
2: Mm, I like that guy. That's
3: Amish, not the Amish show.
4: <laughs> it's the Amish show. You're right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you hear? Uh, it, well, it's come up that Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and Monica Whiskey had an affair together. All three of them? All for i I'm in the White House. No telling what's going on in there now.
1: Yeah, there's, there is no telling if that's if that's the if that's the truth. That's for sure.
4: Well, yeah, well, what got me thinking? Uh,
3: that they had to order more Laura, pizza. What? Laura
4: Bush, George Bush, and uh, uh Lisa. You think so? Never know. Yeah, I, it I, went I, on before. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I I shudder to think. I'm glad I don't spend my day thinking about these
3: things, Jamie.
4: There's another thing I want to talk about. Yeah, I just I just wanted to talk about anything while I'm on here. That is I why we're not here. Be on the rest of the week.
0: Go ahead, sir. I'm gonna sir. be busy. Yeah, that's okay. We know you're a busy. Guy. <laughs> busy, busy. Got appointments. Oh. Uh, Whenever you're ready, we got no time. I'm to get a
4: job soon. No, really? Are you? What are you gonna do? Going to work soon. Now, the
0: last time you were working somewhere was at the Dollar General, right?
4: Yeah, they went out of business. Okay. Oh. Uh, what are you gonna do? I'm going to be working at Purdue Farms. Chicken, chickens, chicken plucker.
1: You know, there's nothing, there's nothing uh, more fun than going to one of those chicken plucking places.
4: Yeah, I'm going to be a plucker. I'll tell I'm you, you can, you can,
1: you can never quite get the smell out of your your nose. So, when so
4: from now on, I'm not Jamie Told You So. I'm Jamie Plucker.
0: Jamie, the plucker.
4: Jamie, with the chicken a, with plucker. A, with the P. Jamie, the chicken plucker. Yeah,
0: yeah, Jamie, the chicken plucker. You let us know. I mean, have you gotten the job in the bag? or Are you sort of in the process of trying to get the job?
4: Well, they got this two. Way, uh, they got this two times. I done worked there once, long, long periods ago, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I can work there one more time. It's a done deal.
1: So, um, they, if, if you try, if, if to you quit two times on them, they won't take you back though. If you quit two times on them.
4: Well, you, you, uh, no. Uh, they'll they'll take me back just once, but after that, is. They'll
0: take a double plucker, but they won't take a triple plucker. Now, the chickens are dead when you pluck them, right? <laughs>
4: the chickens are dead.
0: Okay. So, like, and if I'm I... sick of
4: them when, I'm, uh, when I get out of there.
0: I, know, oh, I bet, you bet you are. You are. Mm. Do you eat any meat at all uh, when you're a chicken plucker, or do you kind of just go vegetarian?
4: Well, uh, I eat chicken. I eat turkey. I stay away from pork.
0: So you still eat chicken even though you pluck them all day?
4: Oh uh, well, yeah, I still eat chicken.
0: That's exciting stuff, Jimmy. I
4: pluck them all day. I,
0: this is almost kind of borderline. I like I like it that we can get away what, saying pluck a whole what, lot on the air. It's
1: what does what what, a
0: plucker's uniform
1: look like?
4: Well, it's a smock. We wear a smock and a, a smock. And a apron over it. And, apron. You, know, you can tear them away instead. They're. Re-
1: Stockable. okay so like paper smock paper air um paper, yeah. Yeah, do you have to, yeah, do you have to the, break, you have the big hairnet off. thing i rip or?
4: mine off like hulk hogan
1: everybody thinks i'm tough and yeah i'm sure they do do you um do you have a hairnet like like hulk hogan no uh i, I
4: wear yeah i wear hairnet and one of those hard hats
3: do you do you work with hat. any do you work with any women
4: oh yeah hey, do you, are of any Mexican. of these
3: women do they any, any of them have they ever had kids
4: a lot of Hispanic people.
3: Which would would make these women who have had kids, they would be mothers, right? Oh God. Yeah, and I've been you, called one of them. And they're also Mexican, but What? I found out earlier it was. I don't they called me a mother, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, Jamie. So, uh, so when you get the chicken and it comes on to your part of the line, what does it look like? Do they already, you know, lob the head off, or is the whole chicken just dead at that point?
4: Good question. The whole chicken is dead. Okay, so
0: when does the when's the head come off? Is it after the,
1: the plucking? They
4: do that in the back. They put this thing in their throat and sucks out their brains and yeah. all that.
1: What do they do yeah. with the brains?
4: You know I don't know, really.
1: Yeah, well, you're just a plucker, what right?
4: You
1: think? Now, that is a good question. Can though, you like,
4: can you move up from
1: plucking to uh, I don't know brain sucking?
3: Well, they have machines do that.
4: Well, no, they they, they suck it in the back. Uh-huh. They suck them in the back, and we. Sucking them you in the back and plucking pluck them in the front. Right.
3: <laughs> Actually, Jamie, I've I, I got to say, I, I was at a chicken abattoir in Australia, and I saw how they, they would, yeah, yeah, because one mm-hmm. of the guys, it was a rotary uh, rotary group thing they sponsored a, a trip. So we got to go down and see them, how they bring the chickens in, and they're, they're alive and alert, and then they spray them with this water thing, and then they mm-hmm. zap them with electricity, which knocks them out, and then mm-hmm. they kill them and uh, then you guys would be the guys who would pluck them, and then they send those plucked chickens, they put their feet up in these little forks, hang them upside down on these runs that go all around near the ceiling.
5: That's that's correct.
3: Yeah, and then they have these drill things that drill right up through the bottom of them and pull everything out.
4: I don't
3: need to know all that. Okay. <laughs> hey, Jamie, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate you keeping us uh,
0: clued in as to your career path. And keep us in the uh, in the loop. Always interesting to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Sounds I think like- it's
1: more interesting to hear from this time than it has been before.
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, he sounds like he's telling the truth on this one. Sometimes we wonder if Jamie's oh, I don't pulling know. <laughs> our leg.
3: I just hope that he brings the show with him in you know, iPod form or that he can tune in or something.
0: I don't get the feeling Jamie's uh, too technically inclined just from the past conversations we've had with him. Mm. So, I don't think he's got the internets down there, No, I, don't, I don't
3: think that's the case. Mm. So chicken plucking, huh? huh. Somebody's got to do it, and when I grab some chicken from Purdue, I'll think of him.
0: So I guess there was one time when I was working in uh, radio promotions, and I was kind of like the guy that drove the van and went and set up the banners and plugged all the stuff in. Yeah, kind of the do-boy, basically. The intern. Uh, And I remember there was one time I had to go and pick up some uh, wings from Hooters. And I was eating some of the wings... Yeah, And there was a feather that was still stuck in, in one of the wings. So that means that that plucker was not doing his his well, job. You know, you get that now sometimes.
1: and then, you're going to have to get a, a feather
3: stuck in a, a chicken wing. Now either that, to either that or maybe some freak genetic mutation where it continued to grow after it was killed. After it was dead? Killed. Does that
0: happen?
1: No. no. Oh,
3: okay. <laughs> Isn't that crap it.
1: about uh, fingernails uh, continuing to grow after you're dead? Yeah, that's
0: not, that's not true either. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. 800
1: 259 The body does dehydrate, and therefore the skin will contract around the nails, um, and making it look
0: like ah, your nails have very continued. Like Let's growth. go to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave.
2: This will probably be a long-winded answer, so I'll hang up and listen to but i got a question. How would the free market benefit someone who's trying to earn money by work? And the government wants to take the money. How would the free market handle that?
0: How would the free market handle... What, taxes? I I missed the question. Hang on. 800-259-9231. Bring him back. Have him rephrase it. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live.
3: It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That
2: candidate is George Phillies.
6: This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message. Paid for by Phillies 2008.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. The Sickles CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy them on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com.
1: How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Well, you can check out this amazing doctor-recommended cleanse. Go to ftldiscount.com. Read some real testimonials there and find out how to order. That's FTLDiscount.com.
0: 800-259-9231. We go to your phone calls back to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. If you could just rephrase your question so we can uh, answer it as accurately as possible, sir.
2: Okay, I'm trying to get a job. Okay. And the government, like, I'm on Social Security insurance. Mm-hmm. And the government would want to cut back my money. mm and I was wondering if the free market would give incentives, like if you have a disability and you work, wouldn't you allow us to make more money? Or and I'll hang up and I'll listen to you guys on the earth, because it may be a long Long in, sir.
0: Thank you for the call tonight, Dave. Right, Certainly appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, the marketplace and people with disabilities would they right. this is be a bar- able to make it?
1: This this is a volatile issue when it comes to uh, sort of libertarians and what people think about libertarians. Libertarians believe, I mean, what people believe about libertarians is that they're selfish, awful, mean people that don't care about people with disabilities, and and you know, basically the idea is just screw them. Um, in fact, we we believe just the opposite, and libertarians care very much about people with disabilities mm-hmm. and, and want the best for them. And we think that the best thing for them is not, in fact, government help, because well, the government's one size fits all, and it and in and in the case like Dave here, he wants to go out and work, and he of course is incentivized to keep getting his social security uh, insurance SSI that he that he gets for his disability. So how would the market handle it? Well, I think that. I think that things would de- definitely change under, um for people with disabilities under the marketplace. Um likely charities out there would be set up that uh you know people with real disabilities like Dave has, on honest to god testable disabilities would probably um could probably expect a certain amount of help uh on a monthly basis from those organizations, weekly or daily or mm-hmm. however they would help. Um I think that there would be also what do they call those uh when, when several people, lots of people with the same sort of problems get together, um, uh, sort of a group. Mutual support, aid society? Mutual, mutual aid society, yeah. Mm. I think there will be mutual aid societies. Um, you know, the the idea of a poor house has really been diminished over the years. It's a terrible, terrible thing. But What's that mean? A poor house is a mutual aid society. It's where somebody donated a piece of land or something like that, or an old house or something like that, and a bunch of poor people would live there. And they would help each other, sort of get back on their feet, and therefore they were incentivized by the other people around to not be lazy, because some poor people are lazy, right? Mm-hmm. Some poor people are falling on bad luck, but some poor people are lazy, and you know, therefore they would uh, they would work with each other, trying to you know they would farm and and you know whatever they would do, but they would help around that house. They would all sort
3: of be you know. There together in that house,
0: so the cost mm-hmm. of living would be pretty low as a
3: result of that. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly helps. And they, people would come and go. They'd learn the ropes on how to mm-hmm. help each other. And you know, I think you you touched on something that inspired me there, Mark, and and in the caller story, which is that government, when it starts to step in for people who have disabilities, it actually retards those people who could be productive from being as productive as they possibly could. Because well, that's kind they, of what he was saying there. Was yeah, if exactly. he got a job, they were going to cut his bill, cut him down. So he he is. And many people make these decisions. Well, I'm only going to work so much... Because if I work anymore, I'll get this taken away by the government. So you have the capability of all these people with these abilities, but they don't do what their abilities could allow them to do well, because why the should government I work? is there. Why should exactly. I work if I can get a check for not working yeah.
0: versus having to work
3: and get paid the same or le- you know maybe slightly less than I'd get from my check? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, uh, and there's a ter- terrific book, if anybody's interested. It's called The Tragedy of American Compassion. The Tragedy of American Compassion by Marvin Olaski and marvin olaski did a study a really really in-depth study on on these these civic organizations and these these groups that formed spontaneously in small communities and they really helped keep that community spirit together even in large cities they came up in these four square block areas things like the rotary the elks um all these different groups the odd fellows they grew in these mutual assistance uh, communities where people said, well, you know, so-and-so, man, remember when he had that fire at his house uh, a couple of years ago? We all pitched in and helped him rebuild. You know, maybe uh, if we all got together uh, as a group and we voluntarily put some money into this fund, we could, you know, if bad things happened, help our, our neighbors. And then if the neighbors did get help, they were still in the community, and in the faces of their other neighbors, they wanted to pay back. But nowadays, we reduce all this to just a bunch of numbers, a bunch of faceless bureaucrats yeah. who are in in offices, and it it destroys the community sentiment. I a great think. point. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So, and and the market. Just to answer his question, he was wondering if the market would step in. The market did, and and it has been, uh, I think, pushed down by government taking taking over.
1: I, I can I can hear some uh, some some disputes with this already. Well. Now we live in a more global society. People yeah. go, uh, you know, people have corporate jobs. They move from place to place much more often. It's it's not nearly as, uh, you know, one uh, a person works at a, a particular job for the, for his entire life. Not that nearly the same, but mutual aid societies don't have to be limited by geography like they have been in the past. That's so many point. things were limited by geography because of communication difficulties. Now we have yeah. lots of communication. There could very easily be the I, I don't know volunteer firefighters. Uh, uh, society out there that aids people who are volunteer firefighters there could be uh, the free talk live bbs mutual aid society of people that there that hang out there you know wherever it is um and people with like interests whether that like interest is a geographical interest mm-hmm. where you live or whether that like interest is I don't know. You like My Little Pony, yeah. um, Whatever it is, those people will band together because those people know each other. And when someone knows somebody else, they're even more motivated. When they feel some kind of empathic connection, whether it's just from having seen it on TV or whether it's um, from knowing that person or whatever, they do something about it. For
0: instance, uh, so we'd see more of that in the absence yep. of these government programs. I mean, that that does exist to some extent today, yeah, but but, but it it would right be now, right now.
1: Um, people are absolved to some extent of their civic responsibility because, well, the government will take care of it. Of course, the government right. will t- do the worst job possible taking care of it, but people feel absolved because they're paying for it, whether whether it's done well or done poorly. They're paying for it at the point, you know, at the at the at the threat of violence to their themselves, the threat of kidnapping and that kind of thing.
0: Dave's other question was, you know, would he be able to make a decent amount of money as someone who is disabled in some way? I think he'd be able to make more because he's not limited by
1: the social security administration right. check every month right now we know how much he's going to make he's going to make seventeen hundred dollars or whatever they um, you know they give i think that's the top for uh actually people who are uh out of work um you know laid off or whatever okay. but um you know he's going to make his seventeen hundred dollars a month or whatever it is and he can't make any more than that unless he works under the table illegally mm. um under this there's no limit to what he could could make
0: I don't think it would be a guarantee no. that you'd make anything. There's
1: you'd, nothing. There's nothing guaranteed. You'd have in the, to make um, whatever your
0: whatever your skills would uh, allow you to make. And there, you know, certainly someone who's extremely disabled without very much ability or skill whatsoever would have a limited uh, amount that they could possibly bring in, in which case that's where charity would be there to to pick up the ball and, and help those people out. But I think that the amount of people that are like that are very, very small. I mean, percentage-wise, the amount of people that are that disabled, relatively small, so it wouldn't be hard for, for charities to... Uh, to help those folks out, and for the rest of uh, people with just a you know slight disability, uh, you'd be competing in the marketplace just like anybody else would. And a lot of people with dis- uh, disabilities uh, they compensate for that. They uh, you know they strengthen their other areas far mm-hmm. more than than your average person might have the, uh, strength in their other areas. And I'm being very general here, obviously, mm-hmm. because there are a bunch of different disabilities out there. Sure, there's every kind you, know. you can imagine. Yeah. But uh, you know, if you've got the drive and the desire, well, you'll be you'll be successful in the marketplace. I, I, you know, I don't know what the
1: statistics are for midgets and what they make, but man, you can really make a pretty good living in Hollywood
0: being a midget. That's true. Yeah, you can. I mean, midgets. Uh, sometimes there was a guy a long time ago that was uh, working in a bar, and he he would walk around with a Mexican hat on. I remember he used to call into the show, and he he was a midget, and he he'd uh, just entertain people. He didn't actually do anything at the bar except. He was the midget with the big sombrero, you know, and he got paid very, very well. People were tipping him. It's a rare, rare um, ability that this guy's got. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231 is the Sekel's CAI toll-free line. But if you get the check from the government, you don't really have an interest to go out and see what you can do. Why bother? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show, bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, sickle cai toll-free line. Ian here with you. Guard And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Uh, and if you want to help support the show, then go shopping with us at store.freetalklive.com. Enter the store, and you'll find all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise. Good quality stuff. T-shirts, hats, hoodies. DVD classic archive collector sets and more—all at store.freeTalkLive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Well, I,
1: I wanted to just go quick uh, talk about something uh, that, you know, about the issue that we were talking with Dave there, yeah. and uh, people with disabilities and um, how they would be dealt with in the, in the free market, and and how the government deals with them and that kind of thing. And I, I think that uh, a lot of people are very concerned with uh, the dignity of the disabled. You know that they wouldn't have to. Uh, you know. B- be prescribed like for instance midgets midgets are often entertainment and you oh. know to some extent they're laughed at and that's not dignified oh right right but
0: why don't you let them decide for themselves what's what right, is and wasn't uh, dignified sure
1: and uh, you know call in and make fun of me uh, you know why why is it okay to to make fun of me um you know taking off my shirt or being gay or whatever it is that uh, people make fun of me on the air but it's not okay to make fun of the midget but uh, be that as it may how about the to me the most important thing in life is working uh, you know i mean people
0: well, i spend most of my time doing i i know.
1: just i like it i think that there's you know that, that to me that's what life's about that's what a good productive um life you know is all about would be bored without work yeah if i didn't have bored maybe i'd have my dignity but my dignity would suck <laughs> you know because i'd be sitting at home with a half a beard scratching myself about 50 pounds overweight or whatever it is You know, I just don't – I can't imagine what life would be about without
3: work. And that's the thing that bothers me is that people are unwilling to recognize – and this this goes all the way back to Marx. You know, he used to say that uh, the owners of the means of production make people work for them. They make people buy things. They exploit workers. And and uh, the truth is that it's a two-way street, it's a three-way street between consumers, employers, and employees. They all have demands, they all have interests, and they all have needs, and they all have to service each other. Every one of those individuals is a consumer of something, and every one of those individuals is a seller of something. And and, and what bothers me the most about it is that they, these, these leftists make these excuses that, Well, you know, uh, people shouldn't be forced to have to work at such and such place. They shouldn't be. Nobody forces anybody to work somewhere, but life forces you to work in general. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry, you're unrealistic. (laughs) Yeah. The idea that anybody, that society could actually move
0: or advance or move ahead without people working... You've got to it's have absurd. people out there working in
3: order to uh, to produce. And that's the great thing to celebrate, which is that human ingenuity, when faced with the reality of the vicissitudes of life, creates all this amazing stuff, because mm-hmm. we all have needs to survive, and we all have these different skills, and poosh, all of a sudden we have DVD players and Blu-ray. Like, how awesome is that?
1: Right, and you you never know whether it's the per- a, a person with a disability and, and um, who invented the thing that you're enjoying. Whether yeah. How do I know um, who invented what? And, and, by the way, since the American... Americans with Disabilities Act uh, that was uh, passed uh, oh, under geez. Bush one um, um, employ- unemployment for the dis- um, disabled is higher than it was before the law passed.
3: Ah, hmm. oh, dude, I'm so glad you pulled that up. That's
1: yeah. awesome. If you want to, uh, if you want to read it more, you can go "Deabling America: The Unintended Consequences of the Government's Protection of the Handicap" by uh, Greg Perry. It, you know, and who, by the way, is disabled? Hmm. So. You know, this this whole the, the whole idea that you might know what's best for a disabled person, put that out of your mind. You don't know what it's like to be disabled unless you're disabled, okay? And to think that you can take care of the world, well, that's disgusting. That's what the United States government, that's what government in general wants to do, is to take care of you, and taking care of somebody means limiting them, putting constrictions on what their life is going to be like. The only person that should be limiting disabled people are disabled people themselves the, that
0: that person you know they should yeah. be able to limit and decide what they want to do well, I don't care if you are disabled I don't care if you even if you are disabled and you have this a- attitude or this mentality leave the other people alone let yeah. them decide for themselves right. how to run their lives and what's right for them and what situations they should or sh- you know should not be involved in so I wouldn't even give them credit if they happen to be disabled Oh, I'm disabled, so I know. Well, no, you you may know what your experience is yeah. like, but what about the other disabled guy? Maybe he's had a different experience. I, from I you. guess
1: I, I don't mean that d- disabled people should be able to decide for other disabled people yeah. what the restriction sh- restrictions should be. They should be able to decide on their own in their own. Like so far in my life, I've restricted myself from skydiving. Just have decided that that's not the thing for me. I would do it if I got really the opportunity, but I just haven't. But mm-hmm. either either way, I, it's, it's the example, and I've decided that for me. And it's the perfect decision for me. But if the government were to tell me that I couldn't skydive, what the hell is that all about?
3: Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's interesting because this applies to so many different things, whether it's uh – uh, so-called equal opportunity employers uh, for disabled people or it's um, uh, s- some sort of quota system for admission to law school in a University of Michigan law school or it's uh, even, um, you know, you look at things like uh, uh, restrictions regarding smoking and, and businesses and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, all these things, here we are, and it seems so clear to us. Like, the, the, the glory of, of existence comes in dealing with your circumstances without forcing anybody else to have to make accommodations for you. Right. By being a free person and letting other people be free. That's the celebration of life. And yet we have all these people who excuse all, these force, all this force and regulation on other people's lives under the guise of, well, if you oppose this, you must not care. And it's upside down. Right, it, it's it,
1: absolutely upside down. The people that are, that are for these regulations, like the Americans with Disability Act, are, are the people that don't care. Yeah, because they want the government to take care of this and then they don't have to think about it anymore. Right. They right. Abs- you know, and one of the things that the Americans with Disability Act has done, besides, you know, what I previously mentioned, is it's turned uh, it's made it more difficult for people with disabilities to get jobs, even if they decide, you know what, I don't care about the government paycheck. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the SSI paycheck. I just want to work because I want my life to to have some meaning. And that's where I want to get my meaning from. Well, the employers are less likely to hire them because they're walking lawsuits. The American, yeah. with, the Americans with Disabilities Act, um, I'm, I'm almost certain of this, allows uh, convicts, ex-convicts, to sue if they don't get hired based on their crime, unless the, unless it was uh, the it was directly uh, related to their crime. For instance, uh, sex crimes and uh, working at a daycare center, mm-hmm. or something like that. But um, I can sue somebody because they don't hire me under the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1991. Wow. Because I'm an ex-convict. Is that stupid or
0: what? So that makes you disabled? (laughs) I guess I'm disabled, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That's so absurd. And and again... Another
1: good reason not to tell anybody if you have a record.
0: Well, yeah, and there's another example of how the government programs that might have been created with good intentions originally have gone far beyond their original intentions to where now a disabled person counts as someone who's just gotten out of a prison cell.
3: I just heard just a little while ago, uh, someplace in Boston, they were talking about a woman who was obese, 410 pounds, who wasn't hired by some company because she wouldn't be able to do the job. And uh, they're talking about whether th- this is fair, or this is unfair. Mm. What the heck? It's not their place. You don't want to go to that place because they didn't hire someone who weighs 410 pounds. If it's to their benefit and it's good, then maybe the, the business will succeed. If it's not, then they'll suffer. And if people don't like it, they don't have to go.
1: This is one of those uh, the w- true genius things that Rush Limbaugh has done as the Ugly oh, What yeah. is a person with a disability? Is really a 400-pound woman a person with a disability? Because to me, she's a lady who has an eating problem. You know, mm. Stop eating and you won't be disabled. Yeah, I, well, I you just
0: still have to eat, just not as much. She doesn't have to eat for a long time. She's got a lot of stored up calories, and she'll be okay. Yeah, actually, from what I understand, I'm no dietitian, Mark, but from what I understand, Neither. if you stop eating, it will actually slow your metabolism. So if you fast, it uh, it slows your metabolism. Better I, to cut
1: your intake. Usually those rules are in place for uh, people who have s- sort of normal-sized bodies and, and that kind of thing. It's absolutely true. It will slow your metabolism. Likely, she has an incredibly slow metabolism, as it is, but... Either way, I don't consider, uh, you know, a person who's 400 pounds to be disabled. Sure, they may have some difficulties doing certain things, but, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be either.
0: Yeah, just because you can't... Just because you can't qualify for every single job out there, I don't think makes you disabled. Yeah, I, for instance... I make
1: a terrible Hooters waitress, well, I can tell you that. Uh,
0: there's that, but let's <laughs> flip this around, okay? I'm, what, 130 pounds, stripping wet? Yeah. Uh, the, I couldn't possibly qualify as a football linebacker, right? Right, right. I don't, it's, does that mean I'm disabled? Does that mean that they should bend the rules for me because I want to go and, you know... Uh, Play football? No, I, I just don't qualify. I don't have the build, and that's just the way things are. And here's right.
3: another twist on it. I was just looking up something and looking for that that story on that woman and found this proposal uh, as of uh, just a week ago uh, in Kansas to try to ban restaurateurs from serving obese people. Oh, no. So on the one side, you've got, well, what if the obese person wanted to work there and eat lunch mm. on his break could he be served <laughs> and then on the other side you've got well we can't we you you, you. I mean it's just amazing that the the the, the going to have to ridiculous. do you
0: have to get out a caliper for every customer
3: that comes through the door that you're suspicious of but it goes right back to what you're talking about with the kids in the very first segment of this hour with those kids in the school I mean pretty soon instead of pinching the kids because they're acting up they're going to be pinching the kids because they're going to be feeling for an inch of fat One
0: 259 9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire and your call as well about whatever's on your mind all coming up in hour number two this is free talk live our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free but if you think other people deserve to hear this show consider becoming a free talk live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com help free some minds visit amp.freetalklive.com this is free talk live at hour number two of the show, you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's are completely free. So enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. Dennis in New Hampshire on the Amp line. Hello Dennis.
6: Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, what's Dennis. on your mind? Hey, um you guys were talking about the the disadvantaged and civic responsibility for the disabled and all that stuff. Yeah. Um and one of the hard things for libertarians is the perception that you people don't care about the mm-hmm. disadvantaged. Uh, One thing I'd just point out is the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Um, One of the things that we do is what we call civic action, where we do um, basically find cases where someone's hit on hard times um, and basically set up matching funds so that if people want to donate money, then this Liberty Alliance will kick in a matching fund to help whoever it is, whatever they have. Usually it's, um, oh, we had a case last year where... um, a wacky explosion of a liquid gas tank killed a father who had a not-working wife and something like seven or eight kids. Gosh. So, you know, situations like that where normally government might step in to help or might not, but we want to do it with, uh, you know, individual personal charity. Mm-hmm. Good for you guys. Very
0: cool. real-life example of uh, people helping people without the government.
6: Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So, <laughs> speaking of government... Um, there's a real ID situation that has happened recently in the state of New Hampshire, and it's it's kind of funny. Um, I know you guys will know about this, but um, I have a little personal story. The last week and a half, I had been trying to get a hold of some of the senators in the New Hampshire State Senate, some of the Democrats. I wanted them to come and and talk on a a little cable access TV show I have. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk to them at least once about something that they would be on the same page with me about. So I thought, Real ID. These people are all against Real ID. I'm against Real ID Let's talk about that. And then I can tell them all the awful things I think about them at a later date, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And none of them are returning my calls. I can't get through to them. They're, you know, well, I'm they're getting They're too messages, important. But...
0: They're too important, Dennis. Well, You're just a peon.
6: That's, that's not normally what I expect, especially if it's, you know, local television, talk to your constituents. Yeah, normally well, they're pretty happy to talk. Hmm. And I just thought that was weird. Yeah, and Dennis,
3: then... are these people who had formerly been involved in helping Stop Real ID last year?
6: Yeah.
7: Okay, okay. And this year,
3: it's getting it's getting difficult to get in touch with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, most of them are Democrats and supporters of our governor John Lynch.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. On. What's going on here? Smiley John Lynch.
3: Yep. Yep. They're they're I'm closing I'm not making a connection. What is going on? Here? Well, about what was it? About a week ago, Dennis John Lynch, or maybe ten days ago, John Lynch sent a letter. To Michael Chertoff. Now, uh, to give the setup, a the year homeland ago, security guy. right, the Homeland Security guy. A year ago, Dennis and and a lot of other folks in New Hampshire worked very hard to get Real ID pushed out of New Hampshire. A law was passed that said the state shall not conform to Real ID. John Lynch sent a letter to Michael Chertoff asking him, please offer an extension on Real ID oh, for I New Hampshire. Oh, I got a correct
6: you there, guard. He did not ask for an extension.
3: Oh, that's right. He didn't ask for an extension. He asked him not to enforce it? Correct. Okay. He asked him not to enforce it, particularly for New Hampshire people. And he said, this is this does not indicate that we intend to conform with real ID. Rather than explicitly stating, I know it sounds like a semantic uh, debate here, but uh, Dennis, you'll probably agree with me. Rather than explicitly stating, New Hampshire shall not comply with real id in the letter he took a step back and said new hampshire does not intend to comply which are two totally different things and tomorrow in the state senate there are all these senators who are going to be hearing an amendment to a bill that will basically say the same thing and ask the governor to ask for an extension am i right on that dennis
6: close okay Uh, the the senators what they did and the senate as as i like to say the senate is a terrorist organization (laughs) They they took a bill that had nothing to do with real ID, nothing to do with nothing, that was something about regulating communications of something or other, telephone lines, Lord knows what. And they stuck an amendment on that that had nothing to do with that bill that just a request requests the governor to seek an extension.
0: No, babe, before you go on, Dennis, I thought you had said the other day on this show that here in New Hampshire it's only one subject at a time per bill. Pretty much. Pretty much. But not um, so
6: much. Typically, if if this kind of nonsense starts, it starts in the terrorist organization known as the New Hampshire Senate, mm. and they'll do this maybe with one or two issues in a year, and and they do wacky stuff. Like for example, last year they lost the seatbelt thing. The 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 authoritarians in the Senate, we we you know we did not want a seatbelt bill. It, it it got killed. And then they were upset about that, so they just created a commission to study seatbelts, and they stuck it on a bunch of other bills. They're they're horrible, slimy people.
0: Okay, so then there is no prohibition against uh, more than one subject per legislation. It's just the way things usually are.
6: It's it's highly frowned upon. Hmm. It, it doesn't make you any friends.
0: So they're going to try to uh, to sneak this little amendment through and have the governor ask for an extension on real ID.
6: They, they did try to sneak it through. They did pass it themselves. They passed it by the way, unanimously all twenty four senators, including all the ones that are all about we hate real i d voted for this bill, which means you know there was back scratching mm. yeah, which is why they weren't answering my calls while I come on the show and talk about right. real i d They don't all oh, no not right now mm mm so. Tomorrow is when that bill so it passed the Senate, but of course, now it has to pass the House of Representatives, the chamber that is closer to the people, and from, from what I can tell, quite a number of people are going to show up and uh, demand that this particular noxious piece of, of, of amendment get removed from the otherwise unrelated bill. And the nice thing is, because it's weird to stick something odd uh, an undermane amendment yeah. onto a bill, Right. right. The, the members of the committee are going to be like, geez, you know, all these people are showing up. They're pissed off about this thing that we're pissed off about, too. How come we have to sit and listen to hour after hour of all these citizens who are pissed off about this thing? Why did the Senate do that to us?
1: So it's that much more likely that it'll
3: get pulled off.
6: It certainly is. It will surprise me greatly if this passes um, the committee, and then the House.
3: Do you think that they're worried, uh, Dennis, and I I know that I was speaking about it on my show today, I brought it up tangentially, um, but do you think they're worried that, uh, and particularly the governor is worried, that the federal government will threaten withholding federal highway funds in a form of extortion?
6: It's possible. I think it's it's also a concern, I suspect, that when New Hampshire people start getting hassled at the airport, they're going to get pissed off and they're going to call... They're government people, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, we're pissed off at you government people, and, and that's not going to be good for those that are seeking re-election in just a couple of months. No, so that's, that's one way to think about it. But hey, the money, too. I'm sure they want the money.
2: Uh.
0: So Dennis, so this is uh, this particularly relevant because New Hampshire is one of three states, I believe, including Montana and what South Carolina, I think, might the other one be, uh, that has up to up until this point continued to refuse participation with the federal real ID. Right, Montana sounds like it's going to hold a firm.
1: I mean, the the governor said, "Go to hell" or what? No,
6: it's very important. Michael Chertoff, the Homeland Security director, granted Montana the extension, saying, "Oh, they asked for an extension and we gave it to them." Even though the governor of Montana said, I didn't – in fact, his exact quote was, we sent them a horse. If they wanted to call it a zebra, then that's their problem.
3: Oh, man. And this is one of the most important things, Dennis. This is, this is a moment when federalism is really at stake. And if we only had one or two governors who would actually stand up and question a guy like Chertoff and say – Tell me where in the federal government. Don't give me any Supreme Court rulings, because I could cite you Dred Scott, for goodness sake, to show you stupid Supreme Court rulings. Show me the text of the U.S. Constitution that gives you the power to be able to come up with regulations that force us to produce a certain kind of I.D.
6: Well, that's not likely to happen right now, but I do believe it is just a matter of time. I honestly believe it is just a matter of time before... The people's choice for governor in the state of New Hampshire is between a Republican freestater and a Democrat freestater. And <laughs> at that point, I think we're going to be much better off.
0: Yeah, that'll be nice. Hey, Dennis, keep up the good work there. Uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, for that. great organization, NHLiberty.org. Is that the website? That is correct. All right, very good, sir. And thanks for the update tonight. 800 259 is the SACL CAI toll free line. Dennis also is involved with a free state project. And the, from what I understand, they've uh, reworked their website freestateproject.org, where they are now featuring blogs on the front page of the site, which I think is a welcome addition. I don't know if they've quite finished the tweaking. It may not be as pretty as it's going to look right now, but it's kind of cool because they'll actually have some fresh content on a daily basis now at freestateproject.org. Neat stuff. 800-259-9231. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free. 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. Vanguard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Features free, so enjoy those on us. And by the way, those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 340,000 posts a lot of posts. And uh, you can surf around through them and enjoy the different topics, everything from serious to to fun. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Does your family think your beliefs are crazy? Do you experience a nagging sense of worry that the world's becoming less free? Do you feel withdrawn or politically alienated from liberal and conservative friends? You are not alone. Statism Hurts. IHS Summer Seminars can help. Visit LibertarianSeminars.com for more information on a happier future. That's LibertarianSeminars.com as we go to your phone calls. Ziggy across the pond in the UK on the amp line. Hello, Ziggy.
7: Hi,
0: guys.
7: I didn't catch the first hour, um, but I heard mentioned you were talking about disability mm-hmm. and libertarianism.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and the marketplace and how disabled people would be able to get along without government assistance.
7: The government here has created the problem with disabled people and welfare, because after, um, basically when I was growing up, we were all dumped in institutions. I am physically disabled and I got sent to a specialist school for special people, mm. in a words the school special for, for, for d- disabled people. These places were very institutionalised and it was seen that no disabled person was ever going to live independently, so they just modicoddled people. Is that? And that's what they told
0: you when you were uh, being brought up there? Is that you'll, you know, you'll always need us? You need kind of te- te- teaching you this dependent mentality.
7: Yeah, basically. Wow. Um, then the, you know the, the fact is that the government had to reverse their um their policies because it was costing too much, mm. and a lot of disabled people wound up, you know, not knowing what to do with with, with their lives lucky for me i you know I, I was you know born with some intelligence, and so I could use that to get ahead but Unfortunately, a lot of people were conditioned and they can 't look after themselves and I would never advocate pulling the rug from under their feet
0: but that 's what the government of, did right
7: well in, in some in some respects, it is, and basically now the government 's saying uh, talking about. You know, getting disabled people back into work. There's, there's a lot of disabled people I know who who have never had a job. They wouldn't know how to you, tie up the shoelaces, let alone fill uh, you know an employment. Well, uh, there's talk. a lo-
1: there's a lot of people out there that uh, that, that join the workforce every year that uh, don't know how to have jobs. Uh, we call them teenagers, and somehow. Yeah, but they...
7: we're talking about people in their 30s and 40s here.
1: Well, I understand, but uh, you know, people learn to do new things all the time in their 30s and 40s, too. Depends on the incentive. I'm, I'm, I'm 37. I'm going to learn how to be a father here shortly.
7: Th- this, this, this is true. Um, however, unfortunately, I, I have met people who, you know, don't know what day of the week it is.
1: Yeah, well, I understand. There's, there's, some, there's people out there with disabilities that are probably never going to be able to work. But... Um, um the, and, and the evidence I, is I, I, that I, I, maybe I, I, up I'd to seventy five percent of people on uh, disability roles here in the united states maybe maybe seventy five percent of them are actually uh, you know not so disa- not, not disabled and don 't need a check
7: well this this is true i mean the, the fact is there are people claiming disability benefits here who have say a bad back mm-hmm. but you know they aren't genuinely disabled they 're on the fiddle right mm. uh, and that is disgusting because there are some genuine disabled people sure. who possibly do need assistance however the, the the one thing i have noticed is that the difference of attitude between conservatives and, and, and leftists here usually people on the left seem to think you know you ask you, any disabled person ask them for help they'll go well Morris is the government are doing something for you Whereas a, a person on the right will say, yeah, I'll help you, right. because they don't believe the government should be helping you. And I think that's an important point to make. I think that someone that did a study on that. Yeah, there, th- that's not just
0: a, your experience, but I, as I recall... There's a study here in the United States
1: that says conservatives, now they only gave the two choices. Um, they, right. they probably don't even know what the hell a libertarian is, but often libertarians get lumped in with uh, uh, conservatives. Unfairly, yes. right, I would right. say. Um, but that conservatives are more generous than liberals. Far it, more generous. It,
7: yeah. this is, that is absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Uh, You know, basically, the the Liberals seem to think that, you know, the government should be doing it, Mm -hmm. and basically leave people to social workers. Well, I have to say, social workers, okay, they do a a job which no one else wants to do, but at the same time, it is not, it's not the same as somebody who genuinely cares. No. You know, the fact is that they're just doing it because it's their job. Right. Therefore, it is very unemotional and very
3: detached. It's true. Absolutely right. Thank you for the call tonight, Ziggy. Appreciate the points.
0: And uh, I think he's spot on, uh, especially from – I don't remember where the study was from, but I know for a fact it's been cited before on this show. Uh, and, you know, I'm no fan of liberals or conservatives, whatever those terms even mean. But it's it's nonetheless very interesting that there's a group of people out there that figure, well, I've already paid into the system. Shouldn't the system be taking care of these folks? And,
1: and you know, it, it, to some extent, uh, it's it really when it comes to the system and the, the tax brackets is the top 10 percent of uh, earners are really what pay the uh, income tax yes, out so, there. Right. So, in fact, what liberals are saying is not that I've already paid in, but I've already voted to force someone else to pay in, so why the hell should I help these cripple people?
0: That's an interesting point. Disgusting.
3: And, you know, just as an aside, I was in a drugstore today picking some things up, and uh, uh, I, I donated some money, you know, on the sale at this particular drugstore for a non-profit, and I knew this nonprofit profit is, is a good one. It's not mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And then um, they had another thing from the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and I said, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that now because they take government money. And I remember uh, one of the first pieces that I ever got published, I think, was for Foundation for Economic Education about Jerry Lewis because I was very close to the Muscular Dystrophy Association. I used to be so proud when Jerry Lewis would get up there and and tell the folks during their telethons that not a dime – of any money came from the federal government. It was all people Hmm. choosing themselves to their emotions. You know, we're not not getting bureaucrats behind this, nothing. When did they change that? Well, it was the year after that. I think it might have been 1998, maybe, Hmm. uh, 99. And uh, I was so disappointed because uh, all of a sudden you see him, he's in front of Congress and Ed McMahon's in front of the Senate lobbying. And I thought, gee, you know, that's a a shame. Yeah,
0: Must not have meant that much to him before, huh? Maybe he was just saying it because he knew it would get more uh, contributions, and then all of
3: a sudden he changes changes his tune. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what their calculation is. Mean, some of these people know that um, if they apply pressure in a certain area, sometimes they can get more money. I, I don't think the ethics of it really crosses their minds sometimes, which is a disappointing thing, because if they really thought about it and kept it pure, pure real charity, not, not false charity through force – um, boy, they'd be admired by everybody. You can't, you can't go wrong when somebody just says, "Well, we were offering something. Would you like to give us any money?" You know. In
0: fact, I think it's interesting that you bring up that uh, you know the uh, the ethics doesn't cross their minds, and that's the case with so many people, uh, liberals and conservatives, that they don't realize that when they're t- when they want government to do something for them, whether it be to feed the hungry or to blow up people, you know, across the world that they're threatening their neighbors in order to get them to fund those operations, those government programs, that y- you can't have good things come from bad ends. Yeah. You, you're, you're doing damage to your neighbors by taking their money by force, and then you're taking that and you, you claim you're doing good with it? I don't care what you do with the money after you've stolen it. You've stolen people's money. Right. You know, so- if you
1: murdered somebody to, uh, to get their wallet to, to, to pay for a poor family to eat, you still
0: murdered somebody. Yeah, that's yeah. Re- it's reprehensible. 800-259-9231. So part of what we're doing is to try to, to help people um, understand that and to bring them around to the viewpoint of where they, they get it, that using government for whatever the ends might be is an inappropriate means. Forcing your neighbors is just a not nice thing to do. More on the way. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. for you is 1-800-259-9231, SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. guard And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy them on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, those features include archives, so if you've missed a moment of the show, just download them right there from the front page of the website. And go back for an entire year, as a matter of fact, all of it free for you at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three
1: companies, in one they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, every call and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI.
0: Jump into the email box here for a moment, then we'll continue the stories. i uh, got one about a SWAT officer who killed a young mother. During a drug raid. Oh, good. Find out what happened to him. But first, to an email from Michael. He says, I listened to your show on Saturday where both of you extolled the virtues of open borders. This is one example of why we don't need a or why we need a total clampdown on our border. He includes a story below about some gang member that was busted at the border. And he says, according to numbers, USA, uh, 25 Americans are murdered a day by illegal aliens. Maybe you just don't care about that.
1: Twenty-five Americans a day are are murdered by illegal aliens. I don't believe that for a second.
3: Actually, it's interesting you should bring that up because there was a study done, uh, I'm not sure, I think it was the Reason Foundation uh, reported it just a couple weeks ago, that the percentage of uh, violent criminals among the immigrant population is lower than the percentage of violent criminals as a per capita uh, among the native population. Really? Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's very interesting. I don't want to introduce those people. Yeah, we couldn't. We couldn't have that. That's probably uh, some sort of evil study by you know bad people. He bad. goes. He goes on. You can say,
1: take these numbers and twist them any way you want to twist them.
0: Well, he says maybe you don't care about those people that are murdered. I suggest you talk to, or better yet, have a guest on your show who has had a relative murdered, raped, robbed, or has lost a job due to illegal immigration. Oh, that'll be that'll be great. Uh, then we can talk to them about illegal uh, immigration.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that will be a real sensible conversation. I'm sure that'll <laughs> lots go lots well. of rationality.
0: Guess what happens when you you no longer have borders, you no longer have a country. Maybe patriotism is a quaint, old-fashioned notion to <laughs> well, you. You know,
1: uh, no, actually, I, I would have considered myself to be uh, a big patriot uh, up till relatively recently. Um, I, I love America. I love what it stands for. I love our foundation of liberty. And you gotta love I, the I love borders. The, I love the red, white, and blue. I hate the government. Um, I hate what it's done to this nation. I hate how it's uh, it's taken this uh, you know, this beautiful land of liberty and turned it into, well, from what I can tell, a police state. We've got checkpoints. This board, the borders are a, a very good a, a good example as to why we have a police state. They've got roving checkpoints inside the United States. We got, yo, That's you want something you're to to a... patriotic about? I'll checkpoints? Look. Your papers, please? I'll step into yeah. the role look, here. I'm the patriot. This guy writing this? Exactly.
0: He's just a, a, a jackboot wearing thug. You're not a patriot unless you like our borders. Because it's the borders that make a country, son. How did the borders make the that. country? I love that. I
3: love that sort of nonsense. You're not a patriot. Look, you know, and I've said this before. I, I, I try to explain it to some pinhead who came into our radio station. I, I thought the guy was going to attack me or assault. Well, actually, he verbally assaulted. I thought he was going to try to batter me. Uh, and um, and I was just explaining that I could never vote for a guy like John McCain. He's like, I'll only vote for somebody who's been in the military. Well, he, should have, he should
1: have uh, voted for Ron Paul then.
3: Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he was in the military. And and uh, and so I said. Uh, he said, he, you're not you're not patriotic. And I was like, uh, do you even understand the difference between patriotism and nationalism? Probably not. Yeah, because I explained to him, a patriot is a person who understands the principles undergirding the governmental system in, in which he might be be residing. So, you know, you could be a German patriot, you could be a French patriot, an American patriot, whatever. A nationalist is a person who supports the geographical nation as it stands at that time. So the laws could be completely different than the founding documents, So you could be a nationalist and not a patriot. Well, that's right, Gardner, because things have changed since 9-11. So all the people who are out there, a lot of the people who are out there talking about being patriotic nowadays, they're not patriotic at all. John McCain, this jerk, gets out there and he says, When I went into the military, I swore an oath to to defend the nation. Uh, No, John, you swore an oath to defend uh, something called the Constitution. That's right, John, and he didn't mention it. George Bush gets out there uh, last week and says... Uh, we're so proud to, uh, uh, you know, work towards the defense of the democracy. Barack <laughs> Obama on Monday in his speech last Monday gives this this speech about how 200-some uh, years ago they put together this experiment in democracy. I mean, it, these people, uh, you know, these are people who know better. They know better, and they don't mention it. And here's a guy who thinks that the federal government actually has a role in immigration. And, uh, you know, I've said it before. All he has to do is read the Constitution, Mr. Patriot.
0: Well, Gardner, you know that everything changed after 9 11, and it don't, you know, it, what it said <laughs> back then, it don't it changed now. Now we've got to keep these folks out of here. We've got terrorists, and we've got immigrants, and they're stealing jobs. You just have to understand we've got to do what's right for the American people.
3: I we got to do what's that's right. This, that's the second layer of argument. I, I often hear this, uh, and and people were talking about this today when we were talking about real ID, because I have a friend who's more of a nationalist, that's and right. and to me it's like people who understand that when you're getting into the the. Um, the uh, playground brawl, that there are now no rules. <laughs> and so they they get in there, and they're scrappy guys, and they're smart guys, and they understand that there are no rules in Washington, only the rules of the jungle, yeah. and they go in, and that's where whatever we are in the United States up. now. Exactly. It's whatever rule you can make up. And that's what democracy is. That's what you've got now. You've got a, a corrupt system where the smart guys who can scrap and and really fight and, and be sharp and, and make deals, they're the ones who do it. And and if they're working towards defending the nation, defending the fatherland, the Teutonic Uberland fatherland, homeland, then apparently that's okay, that's all right because we're all we're working towards the same goal. No, I'm sorry, you're not working towards the goal. If you're a politician and you swear an oath to uphold a particular document, a document I think doesn't go far enough towards freedom, but you swear an oath to uphold it, and then you have the gall. To, to just disregard it completely. That's absolutely dishonest. How can you well, disregard these murderers? These murderers well, coming <laughs> across doing the doing a good job this evening. This, uh, th- hold on. The, uh, yes,
1: we can. Uh, I think that probably, you know, very, very likely the writer of this email would agree with you that many of our politicians have overstepped their bounds. And yeah. that they, uh, you know, they do things that are unconstitutional. Many of the people that are very uh, anti-immigrant uh, you know, immigrant are... You know, of that opinion, and, and I'm sure that the the writer would say, I'm not anti-immigrant. I'm act, anti-illegal illegal immigrant. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, I think that the uh, the Constitution, it seems, uh, it would seem, would give the uh, the national government the power to control immigration. Is that not so?
3: Yeah, it is not so. And that's one of the things that, that's so key. You know, um, as you guys know, I have this new producer, Bulldog, and he gets sort of fiery sometimes on my show. Which you so, can access online at libertyconspiracy.com. Thank you mucho, my man. And you can yes, look sir. for my amazing book at the same time. It's just yeah. called very Live for Your Die. Much. Thank you very much, yeah. And uh, so, Bulldog, one day we, we weren't on last week, and I thought we were going to be, so I had gone up by mistake and I had some stuff planned. So we actually sat down and I had an opportunity to talk to him a little bit about that very issue, about the immigration issue which is a lot of people think that, and people like, um, um, uh, a, lot, a lot of people think this, they think that the federal government has a place to control immigration. First, they use a sort of nonsensical thing, which Mark does not, which is, well, how can we have borders uh, if, if uh, you know, we don't protect those borders? The federal government has a role in protecting the borders. Well, n- not unless we're being invaded and they declare war. That is the response for some sort of protection of the varying the various state borders. Otherwise, it's we up to the state. We got murderers
8: states. down there,
0: Garner. That's an invasion. Right. They dogs. You
3: look, if you look at Article One, Section Nine of the U.S. Constitution, it says that the Congress has the power to control naturalization, to set up a uniform standard of naturalization, and that's Article One, Section Eight. And Article One, Section Nine says the importation of certain persons within the the states currently existing shall not be. Uh, Congress shall have no control over the importation of certain persons into those states currently existing until 1808. Now that was. Oh, sorry. Well, well, I just doesn't. Doesn't that
1: mean that the government didn't have any control over the borders until 1808, and now it's constitutional? Well, this is
3: the thing. It's those states currently existing, and this is where you get into the actual history of what happened. In order to get the Constitution passed, they had to do some compromises, the Three-Fifths Compromise. And they had the Missouri Compromise, which says that states would enter the Union free, slave, free, slave. If they were going to go with the Missouri Compromise, free, slave, free, slave, and the Congress could control immigration outside the original 13 colonies there'd be no reason to have the Missouri Compromise, because Congress could just say, you're not going to be a slave state. I'll explain more if you
0: want. Yes, please. In moments here, 800-259-9231. Your comments as well. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live, it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. Ian Guard And Mark. And you can join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features on the site we give away, and if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then AMP. Head over to AMP.FreeTalkLive.com. You'll find that AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is you send three bucks a month into the show. We take that in and reinvest it and get on more radio stations across the country i uh, got a couple in the uh, the hopper right now. Oh, Probably man. can't say
1: too much else. But, and and for those that might be concerned about the AMP money, it doesn't go
0: for paychecks. Not a penny of it. We should be having some good news. I guess I can say we can have some good news for our listeners in Tupelo coming very soon. Awesome. Uh, so all of this thanks to the AMP dollars that are coming in, helping us really promote the show to more radio stations. Head over there to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program and learn about the perks you'll get access to, like the Ample only. Chat room, amp only forum, the call in lines as well. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. All right, we're going to get to these calls, but I want to make sure Gardner had a chance to finish up his explanation right. about yeah. why it is the federal government actually constitutionally has no uh, business whatsoever involved being involved in immigration.
3: Yeah, I looked into it because I kept hearing people say, uh, and and Mark Levin is one of them. He, he's uh, he wrote b- the book Men in Black. He's called F Lee Levin by by the big guy Rush and stuff, and. Uh, He kept saying that the first immigration law was the Naturalization Act of uh, 1780 or 1785, and I was like, uh no, that was a naturalization law. There, the founders now, understood, and that was
1: the one that allowed. Uh, wasn't that the uh, the Anti Yellow Man Act or something like that? They called it. Well, basically, wouldn't allow you uh, any Orientals no, to that work was, on the
3: railroads. That was later. That was a hundred years later. Well, close to a oh, hundred years later. I'm sorry, you said
1: 17. 1785.
3: 1785. Yeah, but oh, you're you're me. right on the money. You're right on the money. You you get right to the history of it. So what happened was they they the Congress was given the power to control the rules over how you became a citizen. But uh, whether or not you could actually be on the soil of a state was left up to the states outside the original 13 colonies. Article 1, Section 9 says that Congress will have the power to control the immigration of certain persons in the original 13 colonies only after 1808. So all the rest of them were left free to have their own immigration rules. And the way that this is provable is when you look at the agreements to be able to uh, get the Constitution passed, First, they came up with a three-fifths compromise. The three-fifths compromise would be that in the slave states, blacks would count as three-fifths of a man for uh, representation and things like that in Congress. As sad as that is, that's the compromise they came up with. The other compromise that they had come up with was the Missouri Compromise, which was that any territories that were admitted into the Union would be admitted alternating slave state, free state, so that there would never be an imbalance in the Congress between the slave states and the free states, in their representation, so that one couldn't one uh, pro freedom or one uh, pro slavery thing couldn't dominate in the Congress. If they had written into the Constitution that Congress could control immigration and who could come into certain states after 1808 or any any time other than the 13 colonies, then the Missouri Compromise would not have been worth anything because the Southern states would have known that the Congress could vote to just not allow importation of slaves into those states. There wouldn't have been any slave state, free state, or anything, Hmm. because there would have been been no reason to have it. And then after that, there were a series of Supreme Court precedents uh, and rulings in the early 1800s going into uh, cases in Boston where they had ports and things like that, which were questions about whether or not the states could impose levies or, or fees on the importation of certain people. Right, so it could like cost you money to come in. poppers and things like that. The states had their own laws about that and they were charged for, for on on the ports. Now right. they okay, were we never don't, we
1: don't want poor exactly. people coming
3: to this country. Right, and they had all these that all these rules. Now there were never there were never any challenges to the states powers to be able to control the kinds of people who came in. There were just questions as to the constitutionality of the states imposing tariffs or taxes on imported goods which people said they argued that was a federal purview so that was all something there were there was precedent after precedent after precedent where the t- the states were never challenged on their ability to be able to decide what kinds of people came in to be Im- you know imported or immigrants into their states When Texas entered the Union in the 1860s, it had written in its state constitution. I have all this in my book, by the way, a little plug for my book, Uh, Live Free or Die. It's on Amazon. Buy it, buy it. But um, uh, when Texas entered the Union, they had a Bureau of Immigration written in their state constitution. Now, why would they bother writing that if they were coming into a system where they knew that it was a federal purview? Why would they have it? Right. Then, and as you mentioned, Mark... Well, wouldn't, and, couldn't someone make the argument that they just wanted a bureaucracy? They could have their own bureaucracy? Well, they would not It would have been superseded by the federal government. So it would so. be a redundant bureaucracy. I, I suppose so, but I don't think they would have done that. I don't okay. think, I think they the would m- have done that. I think
1: the Missouri it. Compromise argument is probably the most valid. It's a,
3: it's a strong one. And, and, and then finally it, you it's, get to...
1: Unfortunately,
3: it's so muddled and obscure. Well, yeah. I mean, but, yeah, but this, an academic this is the thing. might this, be able to get it, but. but... But this is the thing that drives me up the wall, because uh, we constantly go with these Supreme Court's precedents. They always have this stupid idea of starry diseases, which is the lower courts go according to what the higher courts have ruled. and they they don't change things, which is just utterly ridiculous. We wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have had a, a whole bunch of different bad Supreme Court rulings overturned if there weren't some wise people in the lower courts who said, you know what, that's asinine. Mm. And so in the 1870s, in 1872, Congress, because of a bunch of people for economic reasons, lobbying Congress to stop Chinese immigrants, Congress passed a law, just like Mark said, it was the Chinese Exclusionary Act. And the Chinese Exclusionary Act stopped low-wage Chinese workers from coming in on the West Coast it's and working the poor in the mines. Ones, by the way, exactly, it was it was exactly the same stuff as we're seeing today, stopping the low-wage competitors. In 1875, the ruling, the the uh, congressional law was challenged. It was brought to the Supreme Court, and for the first time, the Supreme Court, for political reasons. Ruled that it was a federal purview to control immigration, and we 've been operating under that false paradigm ever since
1: you know and, and here 's the, the the part this disparity between rich and poor. you can buy your way into this country I think it 's a hundred thousand dollars for some kind of particular visa that you can get and, yeah. and it was shown to me by a French guy who was trying to get into the country, but basically he could buy a visa for a hundred grand from the government wow but um you know, if he doesn't have hundred grand, he can't come in, so he's got to go through the other um, systems out there. And the idea that we, we want rich people to come to this country because they'll spend their money. Well, money's just a resource, right? So poor people have resources, too. And those poor people and their resources, well, those people were your great-grandparents. Mm, mm, yeah. They brought to this country their know-how. They brought to their, this country their hard work ethic, and they built it into what it is. Yeah. To me, it is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting that we'll take, um, you know, that we'll give citizenship to a, a foreign national because they have money, but we won't give it to the somebody else who brings something. Now, I understand that the, uh, the, the the gentleman who wrote in on this email, he's concerned that uh, illegal immigrants are killing people, and and we've had people make all kinds of claims. They're bringing leprosy into the country. They have uh, you know, disease, or excuse me, uh, immunization resistant tuberculosis. That you can't walk your dog in Lubbock, Texas, because uh, the, the immigrants will actually swoop down and and, and just take your dog, dog off the leash and actually devour it in, from, in front of you <laughs> la I mean,
3: chupacabra
1: it, it's it's crazy the things these people say and they learn them from the internet you know basically from emails not even websites they can't cite a website where they get this information from they no. just get a forwarded email all it is is
0: confirmation and, bias where they have a position that they believe in and that is that you know the border should be closed and then any email that comes in that supports their position they take it as you know the the, the Biblical truth, basically. Uh, Let's go to the phones, though. We can continue the immigration discussion in Hour 3. In the meantime, we go to Evan in Michigan. Evan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Evan, Michigan. Hello. Hello, Lou. What's on your mind?
5: Hello. Okay. All right. I felt the need to call in today. Uh, I'm in school in West Michigan, and uh, we had class today, and basically my teacher seemed to be on the side of, she was advocating socialism and that saying that we should go to a socialism system. <laughs> and I a lot of teachers just blew say that. They, they
1: work in a socialist system. I mean, of course they're advocates of it. Makes perfectly good sense you to me. You said
5: you blew up? Yeah, I kind of blew up in my head. Like, I didn't know what to think or or or, or say because I was trying to not just come out and, like, you know, attack her, you know. Uh, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's the best way? Because what she's doing is she's, like, kind of a lot of people are just going with what she says and sure. not questioning it. And I want to be that person that, like, you know, it's like, wait a minute. This is not what we want, you know. Um, the Nazis were socialists. And look what they <laughs> got. That would have know. been a good point. Yeah, I, I said that. She's like, oh, well, you know, Hitler got elected and all this other stuff, so they wanted that. And uh, and she's like, the capitalist, capitalism – Mm. The capitalist system that we have now doesn't work. Everybody's just interested in money. I'm like, well, well first of all, we don't really live in a true capitalist, you know, system. It's the socialism <clears throat> so really...
1: in the system that doesn't work.
5: Yep. <laughs> mm. So I'm just trying to figure out like what's when is a good time or, like, a good way to, like, kind of intervene and be like... I right, would have asked her, after she,
1: said, after she said Hitler was, uh, was, was democratically elected, I would have asked her, so do you support throwing Jews in ovens? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's keep looking at this. Hang on, Evan, we'll bring you back. 800 259 hour three is on the way. Dave, North Carolina, Roger in Kalispell, and your calls as well. If you make them, anything goes. 800 259 how to fight back... This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves as we launch into hour number three. It's Ian here with you. Angard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, features for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Go right back into your phone calls and back to Evan in Michigan. Evan, who you are in, uh, is it high school, government high school?
5: No, I'm, I'm actually uh, going to college right now. and I'm, I'm at a university.
0: <clears throat> oh, okay. And it was in one of your classes at the university where the teacher was just extolling the virtues of socialism, just coming right on out, no need to put any uh, put any cover over what she was trying to say. She came right out and said she thinks that uh, America should be more socialist, right?
5: Yes. I mean, if she didn't, like, you know, just blur it out, but, like, kind of subtly said, like, the capitalism we have doesn't work, and I think that we should move towards a more socialist, you know, uh, government system well
1: i think we could probably i mean did she i would assume that if she made a statement like that that she would have defended that uh socialism doesn't work i mean she she would have had to defend that obvious um argument that socialism in our in the last century failed miserably <laughs>
5: uh she didn't address that because i i, I kind of like interjected it and was like wait a minute it, it, it doesn't work you know and we shouldn't move towards it but someone else in my class is like, well, I've been researching socialism, and it, it makes more and more sense. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh,
2: man. Well, well it,
1: does, it does make sense. Um, to, on paper, maybe. Right. From an, but... from an academic standpoint, you think, well, I'm smart. I solve problems well. Here's a problem. <laughs> I'll solve this one. Here's how I'll solve it. Da, 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 da. You know, so so yeah, if Take you, this from him and right, put it over here. Sure. Yeah, it's and like move that it around. old Dennis Moore
3: skit I, I, with I, Monty we, Python. I need
1: I I need I need more means of production over here. I need uh I, I need more labor pooled over there. You know, I'll move these people around. These people are my pawns and uh, everything they have is mine. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean it, it basically turns the person who's thinking about the socialist system into God. And you know what? <laughs> they're not even if they became king of the world they're not God and socialism won't work being king of the world won't work the only thing <laughs> that will work is everyone being king of everything you know their own stuff here's you know a, what
3: here's a oh sorry yeah.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna say your, your, your original call was asking us well what could you say and you tried a couple of things mm-hmm. by referencing the Nazis and of course uh, people are they they, they uh, when you bring up Nazis people just shut down they don't they they don't even consider that that could be possibly the same is what they're talking about, even though Nazis stood for National Socialists, uh, basic, basically. They, right. I mean, you know,
1: it's. It, I, I think that in his one particular instance, it might have been okay
0: to bring up Nazis because they were, in fact, National Socialists. I, 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 yeah. I didn't say it was a bad idea; just that it kind of led to a dead end eventually. Uh, yeah. What I would say is, you know, bring it down to its essence and ask the the person or the teacher or whoever it is you're you're talking to, and you're in a classroom situation. Well. You know, that's fine and all if you guys want to go and uh, join your little socialist system, but what if I decide I don't want to participate? What will you do to me? Right. What oh, if great, I don't want to give great.
1: up my stuff in order to, you know, f- to, to, to to make it better for the whole out there? What hey, if I like
3: my stuff? And you know what else you can do? You can ask this professor, uh, a female, correct? Yes. Yeah. Ask her, do you celebrate Thanksgiving? And if she says, yes, I do, then you say, do you know why? Celebrate Thanksgiving? And then, if you can pull up the notes of Governor William Bradford. He actually explains that they, of course, tried to institute, as he says, the I think Platonic that's good for the, good ideal. For the
1: professor. I, I think it's good for the professor. Maybe she will actually look that up. Likely she won't because people are so yeah, attached but it, it would to be their up own to him. ideas.
3: It would be up to him to look it up, and he could say, "Well, here's what they did." Right. But and Bradford tried to go with Plato, and Plato has a socialist society mm-hmm. run by this, you know, the the Platonic oligarchs, the the, the philosopher kings, where they have no. Private property. It's all common property, and 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 Bradford said it's in a very very brief little piece. You can read it. It's like one paragraph. We tried it, and we nearly starved. Nobody yeah, had, had any incentive to work. Blah 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 blah. And they blah. had theft going yep, on. Absolutely. And it brought up greed and avarice because some people were saying how how. How is it possible? And and, and resentments. How is it possible that I'm working productively and this other person isn't working as hard and they get some of my stuff? He spells it all right out there from the 1600s. I I, I
1: I agree that it's a very motivating story. I disagree that in a classroom discussion where you have moments to exchange with the teacher and there's cheerleaders popping their gum and people are you know <laughs> fiddling around, you don't have these people's attention. I like Ian's Ian's approach, is um, Ian's approach which is. Well, what if I don't want to play? What if I want to keep my stuff? What are you going to do with me? Do to me? Yeah. And yeah. do you realize that your system uh advocates aggression against me? Yeah. Like you are a tyrannical bastard.
3: Yeah, and all and the other kids will see it. <laughs>
1: all I'm proposing is people being free to do what they want. Right. Yes, some people will be hurt in a system, you know, some people will be uh, you know, will do better and some people will do worse in a system where the free market rules, but just so you know, they'll do better and worse in your system, and you'll be controlling the world like some kind of mad dictator just like George Bush who you hate, you mm-hmm. stinking fascist.
3: No, that's a great way to pull it out. <laughs> well, I don't want to hurt feelings. Like no, that. you don't say can...
1: stinking fascist. No, you, 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 just you, ask questions. Those two points, those first two points, which is, um, you, what are you going to do to me if I don't want to play, and mm-hmm. are, do you support violence against me?
0: Do you, do you, do you support perfect. aggression against me? Yeah. Start there and let us know what happens, will you?
5: All right. Yeah, I just one more thing. I just want to say that like I like I want to come. I don't want to make her look like a complete fool. Oh, it's okay. She's a really nice lady. You know. That's okay. And, She's oh, yeah, yeah. like the rest of us she's
0: she, like a yeah. i don't I don't have a problem making her look like a fool because uh you know <laughs> she's she's taken a foolish position and she is uh dictating it to the rest of the class from this position of authority and If you can break her down and you can make it so she can't answer your questions or she changes the topic or is embarrassed or going well, she change the topic right if you can yeah. make her look bad, then you have won, then all of the other people <laughs> no. in that in that classroom will be wondering, huh. What's that guy have? To, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk gonna to him be after a lot class, of people or, who
3: will be shaking up a little. Yeah, That'll the gears great.
0: are going to be turning on that one, and you and don't have to be concerned. You, you don't have to be concerned with what this woman thinks. What you need to be concerned with is the, you know, hundred people that are sitting in there, what they're thinking. I'm sorry that she has to be, you know, sacrificed on the altar of liberty here, but uh, she's already gone down the socialist road, <laughs> and she's and too old to save. There you go. Yeah, good yeah, point. Maybe she'll come on board eventually someday, but uh, in the meantime, use her and abuse her, my friend. Thanks for the All call and right. let us know what happens, dude. Screw your it. grade. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. It's just school. 800-259-9231. You know,
1: I figured out today why I don't didn't like college, why it just didn't work for me. It's the business model. I don't like college's business model. I pay them. They tell me what to do. Yeah. You know, it's the only place you can get that. The only other place you can get that is government.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, where they, they
1: force you to pay and they tell you what to do at the same time. Or, or I like a system where they pay me and tell me what to do or I pay them and tell them what to do but not, not I pay them and they <laughs> tell unless, me what to do.
3: Uh, you could be a masochist and going to a prostitute so then there, there's another thing that you could be doing yeah, there. There, there could be that. Paying for someone yeah. to tell you what to do. Yeah. Even uh, however,
0: I've never, uh, I don't like that business model either. <laughs> I don't want to sound too callous towards the socialist teacher uh, but but I am somewhat callous. Well, if you uh, get, but it'll if,
1: think it'll make her think those two questions really would
0: make yeah, her think. You know, if you really, if you really feel... For this teacher, then you could, uh, you know, I don't know, approach her after class and say, "Look, Mrs. Uh, socialist, I, I just want to apologize for uh, for doing that in front of the rest of the class, but I couldn't, you know, I, I just couldn't stand for you talking about socialism in this way when so many people have died at the hands of uh, socialist uh, hey, and you, dictatorships." You know, and,
3: I had a great professor uh, named Celia Benabib in, at BU for my politics and philosophy class, and she was awesome because she, man, she would be, she was a socialist big time. And uh, you know, she, but she was open to argument, and it was great. We'd argue about Plato, and I'd make my points, and it was great. So, if the professor is is interested in you know really freely exchanging ideas, you can just say you know look uh, you know no disrespect to Professor So and So or Doctor So and So, but what happens when I don't want to comply? What if I don't want to play this? And, and the that's gulag. the way do this. Yeah. The gulag. And they draw them out, and you say one more question. <laughs> would you would you force me? And, you know, would you force me? And, and that's, that's a great way to do it, and, and yep. uh, she's going to have to answer honestly. If you yeah. approach game's honestly, up, she'll man. do the same.
1: Right. Yeah. What, did, what did I do to be forced to play by your game? I mean, you know, I didn't, I desi- I didn't decide that I was going to b- play your by your rules. Yeah. So how is it that you, I'm obligated to be uh, subjugated to whatever great idea you've got? It, whatever you might the have the greatest idea in the world, yeah. but what if I don't want to play? There's always going to be people out there that right. don't want to play. Are you going to put them in Siberia? Are you going to lock them up in gulags? Or are you going to just chop their heads off? Are you going to be more like Hitler or more like Stalin? Man? Now,
3: she might come up with arguments, well, if you live here, you tacitly accept this. Oh, That's so the I've, the got the, I've got
1: freedom as long as it's the freedom to leave. Do I still have the freedom to complain?
3: Yeah, and then you've got to get into relative choices that aren't as good and how that does that, that. Whatever happens, it'll be an
0: interesting discussion, and I hope it happens so he can share it with us. 800 259 9231, and you as well, uh, those of you in the world of high school and college, uh, don't be afraid to challenge your teachers. Please, you'll be the only one who does. <laughs> Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free. So enjoy them, including the wiki. Over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. It's like the listener editable version of our website. wiki.freetalklive.com. And are you thinking about starting a business well, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. The corporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that can wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, and trademarks. Use the code FTL to save $10 off your order. That's LegalZoom.com. We continue with your phone calls and go to Dave in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Dave, North Carolina? Going once? Dave hey, North-
8: I'm here. Hi, Dave. Here.
0: What's on your mind? Uh,
8: Yeah, I actually had a couple things. Um... I just wanted to let you guys know about some lunacy going on here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know if you know about the drought we've been having lately.
0: Did not know. Uh, Down,
8: down here in the south, we've had a pretty rough year, actually. Atlanta was a lot worse, but, uh, they, they started the mandatory water restrictions. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, I think, I think they said we cut back water usage by like at least 30 or 40 percent. And, uh, now that we've actually been getting some rain, Uh, people are still kind of conserving i guess and uh they have like a 15 million dollar budget shortfall in uh charlotte and so of course they want to uh raise the uh price of water per gallon now Mm. now that you know now that they got us to conserve they want to raise the race on us and uh, it just seems kind of funny because you know a business that did that would probably lose all of its customers Mm. uh
0: well, it's interesting that we that people have problems or governments. It's interesting that there are these issues around the country with water and droughts. And if you look at the the uh, what I think the problem is is that governments are in charge of the water.
2: Yeah, I mean, if exactly. if we had
0: the marketplace delivering water and we had competition in water services then there would be no droughts. I mean, they would figure out ways to, uh, you know, get water from under the, the ground or whatever it is, whatever different ways the marketplace would come up with, they've managed to, to get this done, whereas government, it's just another excuse to control you. When government has, uh, government water department is having a problem, well, then that's just a reason to crack down and uh, restrict when you can use your water and how much you can use, and if you're not using it on the right day, then they're going to cite you and fine you and harass you. Yeah. And I mean, it just, it's just... Just, it, it's really just an excuse to increase the police, right? State. Not
1: to mention the, uh, the 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 cost of the enforcement of the rules that they have. You know that they, exactly. they they employ bureaucrats to go around in trucks and waste valuable fossil fuels by you know checking on people's <laughs> lawns and stuff.
8: Yeah, yeah, and not to mention you know if there was uh, more uh, competition, there'd be there'd probably be many more and much larger reservoirs in case of a drought. Absolutely yeah, right. And I just think, you know, especially there would probably be more people that were interested in uh, non-fluoridated water and and things like that too. I mean, I never actually thought about it being private until yeah. you just said that. You'd even. actually Great have
1: idea. options. Can you if if it, can you imagine options in your water? <laughs> uh, you know,
8: and it it seems
1: this is one area that I've thought about in the past, and I I think that there's like there's I I don't understand the economics behind how water would be delivered in the free market. I know it would work better. I just have faith that it would work better because everything else works better. Uh, you know, water is important to life. Energy, Energy, electricity, electricity heat, food. You know, all yeah. these things are scarce resources. But we've been, we've been sort of scared that water is so scarce you can't waste a drop of this. Turn the water off while you brush your teeth, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> if your shower lasts more than five minutes, you're going yeah, to hell. That's amazing. And isn't there just... But a we're you getting told that. So I, I, I wonder... I when generally when you buy things in bulk you get more. So the people that use more water would probably pay less per gallon in in a free market system than probably. the people that use yeah. less and conserve. And I I'm just wondering how it would work to conserve water because they would obviously want to conserve it to some extent because it would be sort of unfair that they would have to go desalinate water and all that other stuff and then but I'd see, have to pay more per but gallon. But the people who the if people I who less. would use
3: a lot would still want to conserve. You know, that's the thing. The market is the best mechanism for conservation ever invented because people don't want to waste anything. They
8: have incentive, yeah.
3: Yeah, they have an incentive not to use as much water as possible. So even though they might be buying in bulk and, you know, getting special deals or something like that for the water, Uh, They would themselves be trying to be as efficient as possible for the usage of it. We'd all be more efficient because we'd be paying our own bottom line, and the demand would drive the cost, and and the supply and demand would drive the cost rather than government regulators. It's a fascinating idea.
0: What would competition do to the world of desalination? I mean, you did mention that, and I don't know much about this but uh, but but imagine if we had a free market in in water and uh, desalination became a real uh, possibility for people in that uh, the, you know the, the the products or the the plants or whatever it is they needed to build in order to desalinate salt water would become cheaper uh, based on right. competition they would have more efficient yeah. ways to mm-hmm. uh, to do it and then who knows I mean they could sell the salt as well in order to, to subsidize all that's, their all that's true sure. So there, yep. it's, it's, it's impossible for us to sit here and envision it because we don't really know what, what the people it, so in search yeah. of profits would do in the marketplace. But I know it would be better,
1: and I know we'd have options, and I know that we would be taken care of better on a puff, um, customer service basis. I don't have a lot of complaints about the water delivery to my house and haven't in the past. Usually it's about mm-hmm. uh, billing or them t- not turning off a meter or something like that. But yeah. I can tell you when it comes to trash pickup, it sucks to have the government do it, and now that I have the a private individual do my trash pickup, because that's how they do it up here in New Hampshire. I've never had a problem. I've never heard them, never in some big noisy truck at six o'clock in the morning. Uh, never uh, something left there that I'm not allowed. You're not allowed to throw this away today. No, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You can't throw this away today. Well, I, you know. I also you know,
8: wanted to. I uh, also wanted to talk about something completely different, if that's all right. Just yes, sure. quickly. Um. I'm kind of glad you got three of you there. Maybe you can help me out. Um, You know, I've read. uh, I'm a big Ron Paul fan, and I've read uh, part of his paper on why we should have the gold standard. But I'm having trouble understanding uh, the gold standard and and how it relates to money supply. Because you know, people's always always people's argument is that oh, there wouldn't be enough of it, and we wouldn't have as much growth as we have now. But I don't know what they know mean by. I, I'm
0: not sure what they mean by growth. If by growth they mean inflating the money supply, then yeah, right. with gold you can inflate the money supply because it's there is a finite amount of gold out there, and and that's I I don't thing. entirely
1: agree with Ron Paul's gold standard. I, I think it's. You mean a, government
0: imposed? Right. It's it's yeah, sort of a it's necessary.
1: sort of a halfway step between well real market currency, because in, in in the marketplace people may decide to use gold. I'm sure they would as a currency. Um, they would use yeah. things of value. You as currency, they would use gold. They would use silver, but likely they would use certificates for the delivery of uh, ten thousand bananas. Well, you know this is you know, it's, these commodities. It's, it's these
3: fascinating. Sort of then you
8: start talking about barter too.
3: Well, yeah, yeah, there there are all sorts of things that that pop up. But one of the things that I think needs to be dispelled is the idea that somehow growth in the economy, i.e., what we're really talking about, is growth in productivity. The the key thing that everybody overlooks is. What you want to do is allow for more items to be produced for less work. That's increased productivity. When you right. get increased productivity, you don't need to have an increase in the money supply. You just, be able to, you just need to be able to get more for your dollar. Also, so it, it you wo- need to decouple those two thoughts. It, for in, most in addition,
0: stuff. it wouldn't matter if, in, and think of the call tonight, Dave, it wouldn't matter yeah, if man. the supply of gold was cut in half. No. It would just make the uh, product more scarce and increase its value. (laughs) That's all. So the world of gold and the world of this fiat currency that we have today are two totally different universes. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free
3: Talk Live. Bring up whatever's on your mind toll free at
0: 1 800 259 9231, Sickle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard and Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. Approve they listened to the show. Head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. See what it's all about. That's Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. President Hillary Clinton, John McCain, the North American Union, unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose which event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We go to your phone calls. Ken in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ken. Hey, there's music.
3: Wow, nope, Ken's got his own soundtrack. Music I like there. that. Ken? That was
0: pretty cool. Do we still have Ken? Ken going once? Ken going twice?
1: I think Ken's playing the a yeah.
0: guitar. Yeah, I guess <laughs> so. All right. So uh, let me continue here with an email we started last hour. Uh, Because we never actually finished it. And I wanted to make sure this man had the chance to make all his points about immigration that he wanted to make. Now, he's concerned about them illegal immigrants down there on the border murdering an alleged 25 Americans per day, according to his unsighted source. He says that, uh, guess what happens when you no longer have borders? You no longer have a country. Maybe patriotism's a quaint, old-fashioned notion to you. Maybe you feel corporate profits are more important than the safety of American citizens. Well, I
1: think that American uh, citizens' safety is um, increased by uh, illegal immigration in that their... Their safety's the,
0: increased by illegal immigration? Right.
1: Their, their standard of living is increased, and with increased standard of living comes increased safety. Because... Illegal aliens uh, make it and and legal aliens and, and and people moving to this country they make it, uh, products and services more affordable. Do you think that it'd be as easy and cheap to work at a restaurant or uh, excuse me to eat at a restaurant um as you know currently they have an illegal alien washing the dishes as if they had to hire me at eighty thousand dollars a
0: year to wash their dishes?
1: Yeah, you know, prices. An uh, excellent
3: point.
0: Menu prices would probably go up. But I've never heard that b- comparison. I mean, we've heard a lot of uh, the same sort of cliched points about immigration from the, uh, the anti immigration zealots uh, like this gentleman. But I've never heard corporate profits juxtaposed against safety.
3: Well I'm not sure how uh they I, think I, they think that by keeping open borders you see and I think Mark's point is is just right uh the the allowance for us to have more expendable capital left in our pockets rather than wasting it on people who are are possibly much more productive being in lower lower um needs jobs uh, they this guy, the accuser here in the email, is saying, well, you know, the corporations, they just want to get cheap labor because they don't want to have to keep moving all their factories overseas. They want to have all the cheap labor come here to the southern United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just terrible. You see, they're giving up our safety because all these people are committing them crimes and stuff out there, all them illegal immigrants And uh, so they're saying that the corporations are sacrificing our safety for their profits.
0: Yeah, it seems to me we can have both. Uh, Seems to me. With the free marketplace, we can have profits.
3: And we can have safety. Seems to me if you've got money left over to be able to buy another handgun or to be able to pay for a private police force or a guard or uh, put up a fence or something around your house or put up lighting that's a little more protective or you have just fewer people who are in bad economic situations who might be driven to crime, you've got a safer society.
0: Right. Now, I'd like to point out that his uh, his quote about this, 20, uh, the allegation that 25 Americans are murdered every single day by illegal aliens. Again, he doesn't cite anything, and it, you know it seems seems pretty unbelievable to me. But even if it is true, let's let's pretend like it's true. Uh, why would those people be murdered? Is it just because people want to come here and kill Americans? Is that is that going to be the new talking point about illegal immigrants? Is that like the terrorists? They hate our lifestyle. And they want to come here and kill us all. No, they're they're bad people. They're poor. They don't have
1: uh, the same uh, morals that we do. They're desperate, desperate individuals, and I'm just, they're able I'm to sorry, do, willing but, to do anything. But to anybody to that makes a claim like
0: that, Mark, has never met immigrants. They've never met these wonderful hardworking people that, for the most part, are coming here to make a better life for themselves, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Look, murder's abhorrent. I don't care if it's an illegal immigrant who's committing the crime or an American-born citizen that's committing the crime. If you're murdering someone, that should be what we're we're dealing with. And it's really, this mentality is pushing people like like Michael, who emailed in, into this collectivist uh, mentality of, well, it's all the illegals, it's all these people coming across the border. See, there's killers in that group. And that means they're all possibly killers. And so therefore, we gotta keep them out, because there's killers. Mm -hmm. Well, wait a minute. Aren't there people in America that kill people, too? Should we throw everyone in America out out. while we're at it, because there are killers among us here in America? I mean, this is just so ludicrous, this mentality that you should punish every single person that walks across the border, because a couple of them might be bad guys.
1: If you you look at the statistics about the African-American community, and we we can talk all about how the african-american community is probably you know probably targeted more so than than whites in general for uh, crimes but if you just look at the crimes and you know committed by african-americans according to the court system out there you'd say that african-americans we should just go on a killing rampage and kill them all get them out of here or ship them away in boats by this same sort of logic right if you believe that so groups. i ask michael if if that's the case i mean if if, if you believe this logic Do you support the the wholesale slaughter of African Americans? Do you support rounding them up? Or gassing them, or, or perhaps shipping them off to some other place. Maybe send them back to uh, Africa, like we Wayne, we point. intended to do with the, statistically, uh,
3: Liberia. Statistically, they're in jail more, and they're they're committing more violent crimes and things like that. And uh, regardless of whether or not some of the laws drive these people into the underground, because we have the three strikes laws, we have the drug laws, and things like that. By the way,
1: it's also true with uh, American Indians. What do you intend to do about that, Michael? Uh,
3: uh, and, you know, uh, just to bring up an anecdote, uh, you know, when, when when friend Nadia was up from uh, Siberia, over from Siberia, uh, we ate at a particular restaurant, which will remain unnamed. I won't even tell you whether it's in New Hampshire or Massachusetts or any place else. In fact, I can't even remember the name of it, but I do remember one thing. She and I were talking about her immigration status and because she, she'd like to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. And the people who were serving us, the people who ran the restaurant were almost all to a person undocumented. We even had a conversation with one guy who was an undocumented, illegal alien. We got great service, very cheap, and I know I would have paid more if I had been in a restaurant that had a bunch of people who were American citizens. Mm -hmm. Now, you you can talk about whether or not the illegal immigrants are somehow being exploited because they're illegal, I don't know, whatever. But one thing's for sure, I had extra money left over in my pocket, and I'll use that money. That's what I want to be able to do with my life. I don't want a politician or the guy who emailed you to tell me I'm unpatriotic because I want to be able to get the most for my effort, that I want to be able to work with somebody who wants to give me services at a restaurant who comes from another country, just happens to come from another country and doesn't have the skills that somebody else does. And then eventually he will get the skills and he'll demand more money. God bless
1: America, you know, he'll get a white picket fence, he'll marry, uh, you know, the woman of his choosing, they'll raise kids, and you know what, three generations down the line, they'll have you, Michael, and you'll hate the next group of immigrants that want to come to this great country, because your family was a bunch of immigrants, and back then, they didn't have the rules that they currently do. Right. It's just so sick to it me is. these yeah, people that sickness. benefit from a country of immigrants that then want to want, the want to limit
2: yep.
0: the clamp down as he says yeah. he says he wants a total clamp down on the border wow, now I, mean, I, I just wonder if the, the people that are advocating this if they have any idea what it is they're talking about it, it's the destruction of this country. They want
1: to destroy the land of the free in order to make it a safe right. little domicile for white people. Yeah. Because you because can't, can't have our culture ways. the way it yeah. is currently, the, the culture that we've created with the Chinese food and the pizza and, uh, you know, the, the people that say Gesundheit when
0: you sneeze. That culture is America and you can't change it for a second. <laughs> yeah, you, know, they, you, can, you they can't have it both ways. You can't have liberty... And a total clampdown.
3: And why is it <laughs> why is it that conservatives, who I always used to hear telling me, watch out for the national ID, watch out for the police state, they're going to come and try to get you, The re- particularly the religious conservatives, who just a few years ago were warning me, why is it that they're all out there telling me we need a wall to keep out people and keep us in, we need IDs all over the place, w- w- what happened to these people?
0: More on the way, you can take control here in the remaining, uh, remaining moments of free talk. Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And arc. That is the toll-free SACL CAI phone in line. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. dot com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy them on us now. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live then go shopping with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We mentioned Gardner Goldsmith's book earlier, It's yeah. Live Free or Die. Thanks. He mentioned you could get it on Amazon. We'd prefer you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That way Amazon doesn't get all of the profits,
3: and a small chunk comes our direction. That's right. So I'm helping you guys. I'm helping me. and Everybody wins. Yeah. They get the book. That's they get the book. Cool. You get the uh, ch- good chunk of the profits.
0: We get a much smaller chunk, and uh, everybody wins. I gave,
3: I gave one to my mom just the other day because we've been moving them around. She she was missing a copy, and she's like, she's been sort of sick recently. And she's like, This is too heavy. It's 2.2 pounds. It's, it's really a beast big. of a book. There's it's no big, doubt about yeah. it. So you'll get your money's worth. Yeah, man, absolutely.
0: Uh, so, once again, that's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And if you know Amazon, you know it's not just books, 41 categories to shop in. Uh, as well as used items. So you can really get it all. Uh, are the, I wonder if they're showing up on the used items list yet,
3: uh, Gardner. I don't know. Not that I've seen That's so That's a good far. thing. If it's yeah. not on
0: the used items, it means people are liking it, they're keeping it, they're holding on to it. It's oh, a keepsake. Yeah.
3: And by the way, for the ladies, there's a picture of my dad on the back, and he is... Was one handsome, handsome? Is there a fellow. resemblance between uh, the uh, the elder
0: Goldsmith? Uh, I'm
3: not gonna say. I just can't judge. Women will have to tell me sometime.
0: Because I know I looked like my dad when I was in fifth grade. But I do look know. like your dad. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Anyway, 800-259-9231. So shop there and Free Talk Live gets a cut and you get what you want. That's Amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, real quick, more thoughts on the uh, this closed borders mentality, the idea that uh, there are so many Americans out there that have become so frightened by propaganda that has been put out there via the, the mainstream media as well as forwarded emails all across the Internet, that the idea that immigration is a bad thing or illegal immigration. Immigration, which is people coming here without asking the government's permission, that that somehow is a bad thing and it needs to be stopped, in this man's words, by a total clampdown on our border. You can't have it both ways. You either have liberty or you have control, yeah. okay, or something in between, which usually involves some level of control. So you've got liberty or control. Total clampdown means total loss of freedom.
3: Hey, did, by the way, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but over on our show we have this fake guy uh, that, I, that I bring on. It's actually me through the phones named Frank Narcolepto, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a spurious state legislator. And uh, he comes up with all these ridiculous uh, proposals. Like instead of Columbus Day, he decided to change it to Colombo Day so it would be politically correct. And, you know, everybody gets a cigar and a dirty old raincoat and stuff. It's very exciting. But he has a new initiative called the Borders Protection Initiative. Because he wants to protect our borders. And basically what it would do is it would outlaw all of the Barnes and Nobles in the United States, (laughs) Philippines, and Guam. That's pretty good. Nice. Yeah, because he likes borders better.
0: So so it's not going to work, by the way, the total clampdown. While it might, well, you know it might actually. It might actually be successful. If they totally crack down and they uh they demand that all business owners uh they check identification of all of their workers and they have these random you know searches and raids randomly searching people's homes looking for immigrants uh they also raiding businesses as we've seen they've already started doing uh some of these things They've already started raiding businesses. So if they really step that up, then eventually it will get to the point that America is so much of a police state
3: that the you know the immigrants will just say, ah, screw it, we'll stay here in Mexico. Well, well just it's, because it's happening. Out in California, there was a report. Sorry to interrupt, but I ahead. just want to mention there was a report out in California about how there is there is uh, f- there are fruits and vegetables that are rotting on rotting the fields. On the vines. So they can't get people to pick it.
1: Right. Well, um, it it will work as as t- progr- as it progresses. You know, more and more. You know, they get they, as they crack down more and more. Yes, it will be more and more difficult for people to come here illegally, and they'll they want to less and less. It'll also, be difficult for us to leave. It's the pro. It's it, it's also the productivity that comes. You can't be as productive in a in a police state. So we will destroy um, what freedom has brought us in this country.
0: Look at the small towns. Uh, that- There are some very small cities or towns along range of the border, the southern border, that have had some – they've seen some crackdowns by the INS or ICE, I guess is what it's Mm -hmm. called now. Mm -hmm. They've had the federal government cracking down in that particular area or the town will pass some sort of ordinance that will restrict uh, illegal immigrants in some way. And they just find that there's this mass exodus of people that they just say, we're out of here. Yeah, and their
3: towns are like ghost towns, right? Right, right.
0: The economies are going off the – you know, over a cliff and businesses that have – a lot, you know. For instance, like a, uh, a convenience store that was used to having workers coming in in the morning to get their coffee and get a donut before they go out to work, they've seen their business just crash. I yeah. mean, there's nobody coming to buy stuff anymore. Right. So this is what's going to happen on a nationwide scale. It may not be as pronounced or as fast, but over time, the economy will just start to suck, and uh, even worse than it is now. And our freedoms are going to be in the toilet because we're going to have this uh, crazy immigration police state that that they're proposing. I, I'm. So Sorry, I don't want to live in that country. I love the idea that people should be free to come here and make a better life for themselves and that's that's where it should end. Yeah. Don't take my money and give it to those people. Don't uh, don't redistribute my wealth. So cancel the welfare programs. But some people will say, well, okay, that's a good idea, Ian. Let's cancel the welfare programs and then open the borders. As though that we can close the borders while we work on canceling the welfare programs. You can't have it that right. way. At
1: the, currently, the borders are relatively porous. So then you would have to go through the work of closing the borders. Why not go through the work of shutting down the welfare system that uh, causes you know the, the undesirable sorts to come here and, and try to mooch off our system? By the way... Actual welfare. i um, We're just talking about uh, you know uh, state redistribution of yeah, wealth. Actual yeah. welfare. Most illegals don't use it because then they could be tracked.
3: Great it's point. True. But, and by the way, compliment to both of you gentlemen and and to the people who tune into the show. I was just thinking as I was listening to you guys talk that, you know, it hasn't been since maybe I watched uh, Buckley's firing line that I used to see this sort of real conversation. ...about an issue. If you turn on the pop media, you don't get this sort of thing. You don't get a really... It's satisfying. For people who are just being introduced to this program, if they hear both of you guys talking, and they hear the things you're saying, these are new ideas to some people, like that man who emailed in, uh, and others who might be inclined to do the same thing. If they only hear it, it's just interesting to hear these new ideas and say... Oh, wow. That's, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. I didn't, it's, it's really, really great.
0: Thank you, Mr. Gardner. And people should start chewing over these ideas because, uh, the t- time is of the essence here. The longer we wait before we make a stand for freedom, the more a crackdown is going to be, the The more oppressive the government will become. But we've got to go to the phones. Ken is back on the line. Uh, we tried him earlier. Ken in Tennessee, you're on Free Talk Live.
9: Hi. I just, uh, a couple of factual things. Well, first of all, I would wonder how many people are murdered in the United States every day. You know, whether oh. the EF25 is true—is that uh, 25 out of 200, 25 out of 50, 25 out of a thousand? It's
0: a good question. Not sure.
9: The second thing is a factual thing. Texas was admitted to the Union in 1845, not 1860 something. Uh-huh. you're... Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I have to, I have to and look at the There were
9: compromises in 1820, which didn't really have anything to do with the adoption of the Constitution.
3: Yeah, that's right. But uh, and, they had uh, already I, had. Hold on I mean, a second.
9: I, I think it's a stretch to uh, try to parallel the importation of slaves, which is what all these are about. That's all right. All these things are about and people sneaking across the border.
3: Well, there's a there is there's an argument that's been made by some people that they say, well, look, uh, just to address one thing that has been brought up and not brought up here on the show yet, uh, some people say we're being invaded. Uh, the immigrants who are coming over and inv- are invading us, which I, I then say, look, if you look up the definition of invasion, I don't know if you're you're making that sort of an implication, but um,
9: no, I'm just saying I think it's a bit of a stretch to talk about the importation of slaves.
3: Yeah, well, so, but and that's the, the thing. That we uh, talk about. Yeah, but the, but the person. thing is, the thing about it is, if if constitutionally they're saying that uh, the clause that deals with the importation of certain persons is not about slaves, then then but
9: yes, that's exactly yes, right. That's exactly,
3: right. That's exactly yes. right. Then in that case, there is zero provision for the federal government. There is no way anybody could even misinterpret the Constitution to say that it has anything to do with immigration of anybody else.
9: No, the only thing about immigration possibly is that if you're born in the United States, you're a citizen.
3: Right, so, the Constitution, sure so, so then you'd
9: say that the
1: Constitution says nothing about immigration. Nothing else. And oh, except no, it, nothing, else the, just, there's nothing
9: at all. Except right. for there the Tenth
1: Amendment that says the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited not to it yeah. by the states, shall be reserved to the states, respectively to the people. Yeah, and this is so all the federal pres- government has no right. power in the area of immigration. Well, and it's right. all presuming that
0: you believe that, you know, the Constitution does anything at all. I mean, it is just words on a piece of paper, and mm-hmm. the federal government is just, a you know, an organized criminal gang. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's really just more of an academic exercise yeah but but I think a
3: couple of the points that that he brings up are very salient the the thing about the Texas thing it doesn't really matter when they were brought in and you're absolutely correct uh, but the the point is that when Texas comes into the union and says that it's going to have its own immigration bureau, that indicates. Oh, that that's people...
9: because it was an independent
8: country.
3: Right, but it doesn't matter the if they... from the no, 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 no. They reconstituted when they became a state. They had a new constitution when they became a state. And if they were going to become a state, they would consider those factors when they were writing their own state constitution. Good call,
0: Ken. We're out of time. Thank you for making it. It has been Ian here with you. And guard and Mark. We will return. You can join us uh, tomorrow night, and you can also join us on. In the meantime, freetalklive.com.